And do you want to know like YouTube's biggest problem? Huh. Is YouTube is the government and it's like there's something wrong with the street. Wow. wow. That's a good point. You're convincing yourself that you're doing something, but you're not. It shocked me. Explain to me why I'm wrong or fix it. How motivated are you by money? What is your most successful company? How did you actually do that? Well, were you forced to actually think about the end of Vlogbrothers? I, um... Today on The Colin and Samir Show, we're joined by Hank Green. Hank started the channel Vlogbrothers back in 2007 with his brother John Green as a way to stay in touch when they lived in different states. 2,220 videos later, and Hank and John are still doing this experiment. It's allowed them to expand their creative endeavors and build companies like Complexly, which produces Crash Course and SciShow. Not to mention that he's a New York Times bestseller and also has like 8 million followers on TikTok. Most likely, if you hang out on the internet, Hank Green has explained something to you. Last year, Hank was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer called Hodgkin's lymphoma. And because Hank Green is Hank Green, he also wrote a comedy special throughout the experience, which Colin and I actually got to go see here in LA. This was a really special conversation for us to have on the show. Hank's seen YouTube since the beginning. He's launched companies, he's had successes, failures, and he has such a good perspective on the career of being a YouTube creator. This episode is sponsored by Kajabi. Kajabi is a platform where the average creator is making $40,000 a year through selling courses and memberships. It's also the platform that we use to launch our course, Creator Startup. Now, we built a course because we really enjoyed teaching and we felt like it was a great way to take our knowledge and experience and offer it to our audience in a more structured learning environment. Creator Startup takes you through the four key pillars of building a creator business. And each module of the course comes with videos, worksheets, live sessions, and challenges that are all hosted on Kajabi. One of the best parts about launching a course on Kajabi is that it comes with a built-in community. So students can actually meet each other, ask questions, and chat about the curriculum. Kajabi is super easy and intuitive to use. From the templates we use to design the course to the built-in email marketing that we use to sell the course, it allowed Colin and I to focus fully on the curriculum and the content. So if you want to explore launching a course, right now Kajabi is offering a 30-day free trial. Just go to kajabi.com slash Colin and Samir. The link is in our description. All right, now for our conversation with Hank Green. Hi, Hank. Welcome to the show. Hello. What's happening? What are you doing in LA? Uh, This, other things like it, Mm -hmm. but I'm here because I'm doing a little stand-up comedy tour. Talking about cancer treatment in comedy form <laughs> right? Okay. for an hour on stage. So the, the, the thought that I think all the time when I see your work, when I think about the things you do, even when I think about this trip to LA, is just how do you put out so much stuff? Even the fact that w- while you had cancer, you were, continu- like you were continuing to put out work and wrote a, a comedy special during that time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I like I don't do this job because I need to. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I, I like there's there like the question of what compels a person to create is weird, and uh, you know, probably has good fuels and bad fuels in there. But when I was sick, I remember uh, I made a I made a videos according to our normal schedule, with, you know, for Vlogbrothers, which is once a week, and I remember being really grateful for that to like have a like. Mm. And it was physically easy, you know, like it's not a big drain on the body to push record on the camera and, and like do a thing for 15 minutes um, and editing, obviously not super physically draining. 
and but it it just felt like oh like this is what I'm good at this I know how to do this I will do this and I will have and I will have done a thing and it will feel like I'm still a human being living a life you know because I think illness can be like that sometimes where you're like am I just ill like is that my existence now mm. so to have sometimes when I was writing a blog post about gravitational waves or making a TikTok uh, or making a YouTube video it was like I'm still doing the thing that I'm doing. I heard your brother John say that you don't think about the end of Vlogbrothers and a lot of what you do, and that he's <laughs> the type of guy yeah. who asks himself, how much longer can I do this? Mm. How long is this going to last? And a lot of YouTube creators are going through that. Yeah, We ask ourselves that of just, uh-huh. can this really last? How long is this going to go? When you were going through cancer, were you forced to yeah. actually think <laughs> about potentially the end of Vlogbrothers? For sure. I mean, the so like I assumed that I'd have to stop at some point during treatment. I could just feel too bad. It never happened um, in part because my cancer was so responsive that I didn't have to do as much treatment as we thought I might. And I, but I also thought I'll get back to it, you know, at some point, like this isn't my, this isn't my last video. I don't like, ideally, you know, when your last video is like, that's like, if we take it out to the edge, it's very nice to be like, I'm going to, I'm like, we're going to stop doing, like, maybe I'll make some stuff in the future, but like, you don't just not upload one day, which does happen. Like people die of all kinds of things. Uh, And, but ideally, you know, and you can think and process it. Um, But like, I've never been like a look forward, very far person. Yeah. To me, it's, it's actually not like, I, I totally appreciate what you said around like, you know, pressing record, filming, editing. The thing that I think about that is the writing. Yeah, because when I think about you, I think about you as a writer. Oh, thank you. Because that means a lot to me. Because when <laughs> I, I think watch most people, wouldn't but but that's when nice. I watch some of your stuff, like we, I wrote some of the the quotes down from a video about death, just while yeah. we're on the topic of mortality and uh-huh. and cancer. Um, you wrote some, uh, or, or you again, you said these things, but in my mind, it's like you yeah, wrote, I did write all you, those words. You down wrote all those words them. down yeah. before you say them, yeah. right? Uh, there's, there's a point where you say, I'm getting to an age where I see clips of myself on the internet doing stuff I had no idea I did, um, which is really, for a YouTube creator, it hits home. It's a yeah. lot of deep empathy there. Mm-hmm. And then you say, are all the me's having experiences I've forgotten dead already? That's, that's a profound a, that's a thought. line. That's, you, get, you don't get that one without cancer, man. Like, <laughs> I, did, I, hadn't, like I, hadn't had that, I hadn't had that feeling until I was closer. And I'm like, well, like, I like, I'm the guy from high school. Like I'm that guy, but I'm also not that guy. And like, all, like there's a lot of moments in my life that are gone now. And so, I, I mean, it's, you know, this is a show about uh, internet creation, but like life is a thing and, uh, and, and getting close to the, closer to the edge very much sort of made, like what, what hit was like, not what am I going to miss from science, which I thought I was going to be worried about. I was like, oh my God, like, you know, moon landings and Mars missions and like fusion and whatever else, AI, like all this stuff is happening. I'm going to miss it. It was like, I'm going to miss my like adult son. It was like, how is Catherine and Oren going to do it without me? Kind of stuff. Yeah. So like that was like, like uh, I wasn't worried about dying. I was worried about like not being around to do the work that I feel like I like, am obligated to do and also love doing, but like, um, and, and the making of content actually is, is like 
when I could like crank out a quick TikTok and be like, that was a good one and people will like that. And also they'll be like, he's doing that while he has cancer. Or like to educate people about cancer while you're doing it to become the science story um, was, uh, it just felt, it just felt like the, it feels very right. It feels like the thing and, mm. and like, instead of being sick and playing Marvel Snap, which also was fun, <laughs> uh, I, I was like doing a thing that I felt like was additive, you know? Purpose is a, is a very important, yeah. arguably the most important uh, part of the, the life recipe. Uh, but I think also when you're a creator, because of the reward systems that you talked about, it's one of the few, pl- not one of the few places, but it is a very specific place where the reward systems can be extremely, uh, you know, quantifiable. Right, yeah. like, it's like uh, there's a metric uh-huh. in the reward system, and it, I imagine yeah. that this experience made you to push to think about like the qualitative m- metrics. We or are, were you just like, damn, I didn't get to five million on vlog <laughs> 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 I mean, we've been doing it for so long that uh, th- there are we've definitely gotten over some of the easier, simpler metrics. Sure. So, so vlog brothers is by far most important YouTube channel, but like not by any means the one that gets the most views or the one that has the most subscribers, but it's the one that generates the most value for the world and for us and for, I think, the people who engage in it. And so, like, we know that. Like, it was was like, that isn't like a, oh, I have to remember that even though it only has 3 million subscribers and not like the 15 million that Crash Course has, that, like, it's the reason that we could do Crash Course, we could do VidCon or could Mm. do SciShow, all these things are like, you know, we could only launch from that platform platform of, of, like, you know, a real strong community. Um, I don't have to, I don't have to remind myself of that. Like that's in there. You know, we've also been doing it for, I don't know, 17, 18 years now. And, oh God. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a, it's a yeah. long time. <laughs> uh, we've got fans who were not born when we started the show. Um, wow. Uh, the show. I don't know. What are, what are things? Um, and uh, yeah, so, so like that's always been obvious to me. Um, so that, that wasn't new. Uh, but the, the finite number of hours I have to work or to do anything aren't is, is a little new. Yeah. So I'm not, uh, John is pretty obsessed with mortality and I wasn't, and now I am too. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to like really get in touch with your mortality, don't like, it's not better. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, one of the most fascinating things about you is like, you know, of course I've, I've watched your stuff. I, uh, you know, enjoy watching Blog Brothers. I love the like editing style, the quick, again, the writing is fantastic. I missed the, you know, I was out of high school during Crash Course. So like mm-hmm. most of the people who work here were in high school and, you know, Crash Course was shown in all of their classrooms, yeah. right? And are incredibly grateful. Yeah. And they're very <laughs> grateful. Uh, <laughs> someone here yesterday told us they got a five in their AP class because yeah. of you. You know, I, I didn't even remember that that was the scoring metric of an AP class, but um, I didn't take any yeah. AP classes. <laughs> One of the things that that shocked me: we make these these research documents before a guest comes in, and yours was the longest by oh, wow. probably double or triple because of the sheer amount of companies that you've started. <laughs> and there, there's a great quote uh, from your brother John, where he said, "If you give Hank Green five minutes, he'll come back with a limited liability company." <laughs> <laughs> and I was just curious, this is, this is a question that we ask a lot of different creators because I've struggled with it a lot, but I imagine you struggle with it. Yeah. How do you, like, who are you? How do you describe yourself today? Oh, like when people ask at a party? Yeah, like what? Like, I usually say that I make educational videos. So I, I say like I Got make it. educational videos for teachers and students. Um, 
Because the New York Times like, called you, <laughs> yeah, the New York Times called you a novelist and longtime host of quirky YouTube educational videos. Sure, that sounds good. Yeah. Quirky YouTube because you, you dropped the novelist yeah. at a party. I noticed you didn't use the word quirky <laughs> in your description. <laughs> He's a quirked up white yeah. yeah. who's coated with the sauce. <laughs> there it is. I'll, uh, I'll use that one. It's not, yeah. not untrue. Uh, I'm, I'm a I'd quirky YouTube teacher. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't tend to, well, cause like, <laughs> I almost feel like novelist is too, too like kind of a brag. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. It would if, be absurd. If I met someone at a party that said, I'm a novelist, I would walk like, away. I'm going to meet yeah. someone else. Yeah. 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 John's like, I wrote a few books. Yeah, what do you great. do? I wrote some books. Oh, have anything I've read? And he's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then if I tell you, we'll be talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I also don't know all the books you've read, so I don't know if anything you've read. Um, uh, yeah, I uh, but like entrepreneur is not a part of that. You know, oh you yeah, don't, I don't usually internet say entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, maybe I definitely am. Yeah, yeah. I think that was that. You know, again, I I know it about you, but I think the depth of it was surprising to me. Mm. Looking into it, yeah. I think um, what confuses me is I look at our career, and I think you know, if I leave Samir for five minutes, he comes back with domains. Yeah, I right. Which domain. is essentially like the, which is the do, precursor, which is the precursor. It's, it's a precursor to yeah. an LLC. To, to an yeah, LLC. Yeah. My domain names uh, <laughs> is just a list of like, wow, I spent a lot of money on that idea yep. that's never going to happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like collectively, yeah. we've also had many ideas. Yeah. We own a lot of domains. We've made a lot of logos for companies that will never see the light of day. <laughs> that's my favorite activity. But when I look at you, I'm like, how did you actually do them? Yeah. Well, I'm older than you. Still, so give you still yeah, give us time. Yeah. yeah, we could activate any of these domains at any moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, it's it's. I think it to to some extent it is really uh, uh, there's a foolishness to it that to believe that like with all the stuff I'm currently doing that it's a good idea to start something new, which I now have grown out of a little bit, largely due to uh, requests from people in my life. Sure. Yeah. Um, there was this, you know, you guys know, must know who Zay Frank is. He used to run BuzzFeed Video before that. He was like mm. the first, oh, yeah, like yes, basically the yes, first video yes, blogger, yes, yes. kind of. Like people will argue, yeah. of course. Um, and, and Zay made this video during the year that he made videos in 2006. He made a video, and I don't know the title of it, but it's about what he calls brain crack, where you have this idea in your head and you can get addicted to the idea part of the idea where you like you just make it more and more perfect in your brain and then you're like well i can't do it until i can do this part that's going to make it perfect and and once you get that part you're like oh but if also i added this to it then that would then finally we could get it out in the world and like people would would flock to it you can't get addicted to your own ideas like it's it's just like sh- like just like pumping your own brain full of sugar and you're you're convincing yourself that you're doing something but you're not mm. I very much took that to heart. And I was like, anytime I feel like I have a good idea, I should just do it. And if it fails, I should look at why I should learn from that and see if we can iterate on it. But if it succeeds, then that's the goal. Hmm. Like we did it. Like it's succeeding now. And like now we're sort of like trying to juggle and keep it up and find people to fill in roles and make the thing work. And that's, that's like, <laughs> that became the failure state for me. Like it became worse when things were successful. Sure. Because then you have a thing that you, you have, have to, to know. Do it. Yeah. Now, I, now yeah. I have, now I have like a bunch of the, new employees to manage zero who are to doing one, something totally different from the totally. other team that I'm working with. The zero to one is really fun. 
Yeah. Right? Like this thing didn't exist. It's in my mind. Now it exists. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. The one to 10 for me is incredibly challenging. It's it's like mm-hmm. a, a math equation that I feel like I just, it's so hard for me to solve. Hiring, mm-hmm. management, mm-hmm. slow growth. Yeah. Right? Rather than the explosive excitement of the dopamine hit of yeah. like, it exists now. Mm-hmm. This YouTube channel exists now. Yeah. But then you're in year seven and you're like, okay, now- Right, you're in you year know. seven, but you're still yourself. And yeah. so you are doing stuff to your team where you're like, oh, I launched this new product last night. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, Hank, you can't. Yeah, please. Do that. And then you're like, again, you're like, <laughs> I'm the creator. So who are you to tell me? Because I, well, I, I mean, can make stuff. I've yeah. made it before. No, I absolutely know that I can't do it. Uh, and I still do it sometimes. Yeah. Um, but th- I mean- That's the creative uh, impulse. Yeah. Though. yeah. I appreciated your perspective on how I built this where you said, I listened to your show and everyone seems like they're so put together. And you said, I'm like hanging by a thread. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to get by. And I resonated with that because I feel like yeah. we are, you know, we are pushing, we've been it's, working together for a long time. And I still feel like, I'm like, wow, we're, we're more successful than we were last year. Yeah. We're more successful than we were the year before that. Mm-hmm. We're launching more things. But I still don't necessarily have, have this feeling of like, I have it all put together. I have a huge problem with how I built this in that it seems like, it seems like all of the people are lying. <laughs> I got like, I mean, I, I you know, it, it, of course it's like telling the story of a 20 year history of a company. And so you're glossing over all of the hard parts, yeah. but like, I just, I want to, there to be a, a podcast that's just about the hard parts. It that's might be like, that, ha- like, I didn't know how to yeah. go to market in this. Like, I was a total mess and I still am with Hank Green. <laughs> but that episode was titled complexly. And I'll mm. tell you that when I first listened to that episode, I didn't know what complexity was. Mm. And, yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's a company that you were the CEO of for yeah. a very long time until yeah. uh, last year. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious if you can explain that because that, the, the, I, was, I thought it was interesting. That was the title of the episode when I imagined it would be Hank and John Green. It sure. was Complexly. Yeah, I mean, Complexly is the company that makes Crash Course and SciShow and uh, a bunch of other shows, Journey to the Microcosmos, Eons, Bizarre Beasts. They're all like educational shows. The goal, the, the idea of the company is get good in like information into people's heads in every way we can, like all of the media and platforms we can imagine, which is mostly YouTube right now, but also podcasts. And we're working on some, uh, I don't know if I can say, but I can. We'd like to have print involved in that in some way or another. I don't know. Back, I don't know maybe. whether we're working on it or not. <laughs> You're not the CEO anymore. We'd yeah. love for that to happen. <laughs> and is that all, is the company work primarily, because I know that Crash Course was started actually from a YouTube like originals initiative. Yeah. Where they gave you, uh, I think $450,000 yep. as an advance against mm-hmm. future ad revenue to start the channel. Yep. Um, today, is it all monetized through advertising or is there other, are there partners or there? No, I mean, monetized? one of the crazy things about Complexly is we monetize each of our channels very differently, yeah. um, which is probably not a good way to build a company, we've realized, because mm. it doesn't allow you to scale any individual department. Um, but Crash Course is... Probably at least like the biggest piece of the pie is probably grants. So like people like rich humans and foundations um, and, you know, large companies are like, you do amazing work. We'd love for there to be a computer science crash course. And we're like, we'll take your money and make it. Here's how much it costs. Uh, So that's probably the biggest pie piece. The second biggest pie piece is people give us money who are just normal people. So we have a yearly campaign where we sell a coin for $100, uh, which is more than the coin is worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is a fundraising. Like, yeah, like a public business radio works. Yeah. model. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
I'm really curious about this because you, you've seen YouTube from the beginning, really, right? Like, yeah. your, was your first YouTube upload 2006 or 2007? It was January 1st, 2007. January 1st, 2007. Yeah. So, that, so I made my first YouTube video in 2006. Yes, and it was at a New Year's Eve party <laughs> yeah. at Lake Tahoe. It's a fantastic video. No, it's it, not. It has the, it, is. it actually well is. It feels like internet history in a very... It, like whenever I watch it, I feel like I'm watching a documentary. About, whenever you watch it? Yeah, I've watched it a few times. <laughs> I just yeah. go we back start, and I like to look at baby Hold on, watching By it. the way, Hank, it's not very long. <laughs> no, it's true. It's like 90 seconds long. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it also has one of my favorite songs in the beginning, the oh, yeah. Death Cap song and, uh, when you, mm-hmm. that you guys used to use. Oh, yeah. um, but what, when you guys uploaded that video, like, you know, the evolution from that, that first upload uh, to now, when you, when you first started catching some traction, you were really confident in it. There's a uh, uh, th- there's a quote that I wrote down about it. This, I sort of believed intrinsically that despite all the evidence that YouTube was a big deal and I wanted to put all of myself and all of my energy into this thing. Why did you believe that? I I just loved it. Like I loved, like I could see, I could, I could see that it was different uh, and I could see that it was working. And, and like YouTube in the very beginning was a lot of pirated, like state daily show and family guy clips. And then alongside that was this stuff that like Smosh was doing and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Brookers and Renetto and like people, no one thinks about anymore. Um, that, that were, uh, really working and people were really liking them. And I was like, Oh, the, like this feels like it's going to be like TV. Like people, like we forget that like when media starts, it's usually, sidelined and not as not like as respected like when radio started it was not as respected as the stage you know like you could go watch and like to some extent that's still the case like movies are a little bit less respectable than like going to watch Shakespeare or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or going to Broadway so like to be there for the beginning of a thing is very exciting and that that was much more interesting to me and I did like feel and i i feel very vindicated in this i've made a lot of bad predictions in my life but like like i felt from the beginning like someday there will be museums about this Mm. um and and like this feels like as and it was so it this is such a silly sentence when i first thought of it in my like like that like it felt like this was going to be as big of a deal as the printing press like not youtube but like online media and that seemed so silly. And now we're like, oh, it probably is. And that's probably fucking terrifying rather than really exciting. Because it turns out the print, like the printing press really sort of fucked things up for a while. And there were like hundreds of years of religious wars about it because all the power structures got fractured, which ultimately was good, but in the short term was messy and dangerous. And now, and now like I'm like, oh, so we're in the messy and dangerous part now. Like 2007, not messy and dangerous. 2024, very messy and dangerous, it feels like. Because everyone has the opportunity to message anything at any time. Yeah. And that, sh- that and we don't have like the structures to deal with it. You know, that like that's what happened. Like no one thinks of books are dangerous now. Now, but there was a time. But mm-hmm. books yeah. used to be the most dangerous yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And, and people killed each other about them. And like books can still be dangerous. Like there are books out there that I'd be like, very upset if my son was reading about Nazi shit. But like, I don't, how much can I curse on this podcast? As uh, much you as just you want. Did. Yeah. 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 As much as you want. Yeah. yeah. It's your call. That's yeah. not usually my brand. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's a good point about, about YouTube and 
just where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, especially in this year with, with how much technology has evolved. To, are, it's so fast. Yeah. I'm curious when you look at where YouTube is today, where are you optimistic? Like if there, if there is that element of, okay, it's a little bit scary where online video has come. Yeah. What is the optimistic side of that? Um, I like ultimately the optimistic side is regardless of how dangerous books were after, uh, you know, as Martin Luther's printing out pamphlets, um, and creating the reformation, uh, nobody's sad that we have books now, like books are great. (laughs) Um, so there, there's like optimism there. I think that it's going to keep getting worse before it gets better, but like, but in terms of like near term, I think that by far, most of the stuff on YouTube is still very good. Like, I think people get a lot of value out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is very scary to me because it does, it feels a little bit like any platform that uh, needs, that wants to compete with the, the, the sort of big people in the room is, is going to do whatever it takes. And like the, the biggest thing that gets people to stay on a place, not, there's a lot of things, but like, the, the like most motivating emotion is moral outrage. Um, and I remember saying to a, I won't say who, but like a high up person at YouTube once that uh, they were like, but you know that we have like, we're trying to do this the right way. You can see that. And I'm like, I can see that you are trying to do this the right way. But can you see that I'm worried about who takes over when you're gone? I don't know them, but YouTube will still be there and it will still have that power. And if YouTube's, you know, what what does it look like if YouTube needs to do something to get its juice back, you know? And like, what is that thing? Uh, what does Facebook look like if it needs to grow forever and ever? Like what, like, what compromises do you end up making? And what does it look like when there's some competitor who's cutting all the corners that you don't cut? Um, when do you start cutting corners to compete? Is that something that you see when you talk about competitors, like that's actually happening when you look at TikTok sure. versus yeah. YouTube and yeah. TikTok not paying creators, obviously, in the yeah. same way? I mean, they, obviously, the platforms are very different. Yeah. Um, but you've talked about this on your channel. Like there is a huge discrepancy in how mm-hmm. TikTok is able to pay creators as opposed to YouTube. Yeah. Um, and also how it handles moderation. Like right. you, mm-hmm. you like to th- there. I think that there you we're starting to see more platforms that are like let's just not do moderation as heavily or platforms that are like i think tiktok does but it's just very clunky about it where you'll just like lose your account and then you want to get your account back and you're like i didn't do anything wrong you like it i got reported for bullying but like i think people were just mass reporting me because they didn't like my content and then that's it Hmm. like there's no one to email yeah, and, 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 you're, and you're not a priority. You know, the, like, the, the reality I, is, is I like, should, like, I know people at TikTok and I'm like, hey, can you help my friend out? And they're like, I can't, I can't, as a person who works at TikTok, talk to those people internally. And if you work at TikTok and you want to say, Hank, you shouldn't have said that, email me because I got some people <laughs> who like their accounts back. <laughs> but I think, I think one of the most challenging things about TikTok, uh, and, and actually, I guess just all these platforms, is that they're, they're video platforms and the highest engaged video wins. Yeah. Right. And that's that's a challenge as we. Right. But the question is, should it be that way? Uh, Because, I, you know, like I think that all these platforms to some extent are saying like, okay, well, we do want people to be uh, to like have a positive experience as well. And we can make that decision. I've had this conversation with a lot of higher up people and they're like, these algorithms don't like they're not focused on trying to make a specific outcome happen. And I'm like, yes, they are. Of course they are. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, well, aside from to make the most money for the platform. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. 
That's yeah. it. And but like, but that doesn't have to be the only thing that a company wants. Like, it's very obvious that you know Hermes doesn't want to sell the most handbags, right? You know, they want to sell the right handbags to the right people at the right price. At the right price, yes. And so, like, you can have platforms that are trying to do it differently and are providing different, you know, value propositions for their yeah for the the, the users of the I, platform. I don't know that this has played out, but yeah. th- in 2022, at the end of the year, Colin and I got on a Zoom with Elon Musk. Yeah, and he was talking about his intentions with Twitter. Uh-huh. And he said something that, that really stuck with me, uh, which was that he wanted to build it in a direction to limit the amount of regrettable minutes on Twitter. Yeah. And, well, and, and like, honestly, yeah. Elon, for me, that's like all of them right now. Right. I, I was going to say, I don't know that it's come to fruition. It was yeah. a surprising but a, perspective. But it was, I, was, yeah. I had never even yeah. heard that I'd, type of vocabulary yeah. for uh, that empathized with the viewer's feeling uh-huh. after right. they YouTube left the talks platform. about it too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, about regrettable. And like they have made changes for that reason. Yeah. Because that that's they, where- I don't think they use that language. But. but that concept of like regrettable minutes is is, is really interesting to me um, because the the highest regrettable minutes I ever feel is TikTok. I'll, yeah. I never regret anything more than the time I spend. <laughs> Most owners yeah. of any product would never even put forth the idea that there is a regrettable portion of time. Yeah, yeah that's spend. right. Yeah. You know, like imagine yeah, a yeah. restaurant being like, yeah. we're trying to minimize the regrettable <laughs> yeah. meals that everyone has at a restaurant. Because look, they exist. Yeah. So I want to bring up because of this, this, the speed that technology is introducing us to visuals that we had never seen before, mm-hmm. right? There's a comedian, Andrew Schultz, who said, right now on the internet, what works is a car crash. Meaning yeah. like to, cap- to capture our attention yeah. is a high bar now, Yeah, right? Like it is a high bar yeah. to capture mass attention mm-hmm. and everybody knows it. And so if you're doing this as a business and you're, you're in the business of attention, you're finding ways to keep pushing it up. And For it sure. reminds me, of a thesis written by Hank Green oh, in no. 2002 Fuck you. about nature versus culture. Oh no. Yeah. You looked at my thesis? Oh yeah. Unacceptable. It's <laughs> a child well, wrote that. Well written. The, 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 uh, the first part of it is called My Head is Too Big, yeah. uh, which is <laughs> no, fantastic. I, was, I, I think was even, just looking at it, it, it was like we were going through all of our old files and I was like, oh my God. Oh I no. Think even but, better is the introduction where yeah. you say, this is titled, this is not an introduction. And then within it, you say, I don't even like getting introduced to people. <laughs> it's like the comedian from the start. <laughs> I'm hooked, Hank. But I'm that with the, you. I think that this is actually incredibly relevant to this conversation yeah. about how the pace at which culture is developing yeah. for, for better or worse on the internet, right? Yeah. And I'm curious if you could explain that, the difference between nature and culture and, and your perspective today on these platforms and how much they're pushing culture forward. Look, could you defend your thesis <laughs> from the University of Montana? Yeah. <laughs> Live. 20 years yeah, later. We'll yeah. take as 22. much time as we need. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, um, I don't even know where to start, but I guess what I, what I will say um, is it's very easy to find any simple story you want to tell because this is so big. Yeah. So I get, like, I, I feel this is a, a, a sort of pet peeve I have in general when like any like large statistical thing occurs, people will be like, oh, it's because of this reason. And it's whatever they are presupposed to not like, you know, it could be because of microplastics or soy or the COVID or, um, you can find or evidence or of anything you, you know, would like, like to believe. Yeah. 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 Or kids are spending too much time on TikTok. Like any, anything you don't like could explain the thing that you don't like. Um, and it, t- and it tends to be some other thing that is very boring. 
So my thought there is like, if the car crash works, then it's all car crashes, but it's not all car crashes. So how do we explain that? Like people are watching this and this is a long podcast where guys just talk about. We haven't gotten to the car crash yet, but it's coming. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This Ooh. is going to go. This is going to go very bad soon. That's, that's, yeah. that's exciting. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, I, and, uh, and so like what, and the thing that I have seen over and over again is that creators who make the sort of like attention grab mm-hmm. at content, like they have to quickly pivot to something else or they have a very short life. And what's that about? Mm-hmm. What that's about is that we still want to be connected to humans. And I have a, a worry about um, – you know, parasocial relationships as replacement for social relationships. Like, I think it's fine for it to exist, but I think that it exists alongside, uh, you know, real, real life and real world connections. Um, and the, uh, and, but like, that's, that's what it comes down to. And so like, that's much more interesting because that's the thing that I feel like actually influences people and connects with them. And, and like, mm. they go back over and over again to the same person. Cause in a world of infinite content, why would someone choose my video over any of the other videos? It's like, to some extent, I'm trying to make a better video than other people. I'm not going to though. Like there are going to be better videos than my videos. I'm not going to make a Casey Neistat mini film every time I make a video. And uh, and so what they're coming back for is like their trust in me and the relationship they have with me. And so that's the thing that you have to establish. And a car crash can't do that. Hmm. You don't form a relationship with a car crash, even when the car crash is metaphorical and it's a person doing something very attention grabbing. That's a good point. Thanks. Yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do with my thesis. <laughs> the, well, well, there was I a actually point. think it does have to do with yeah. your thesis. Yeah, there was a story in your thesis about how when you were at summer camp, you had a blog uh, a written blog about Mars. Right? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I found this to be very interesting that you were at summer camp, you didn't have access to a computer, yeah. to the internet. And you missed a big event. I there did. was some sort of meteor or something yeah. happened with Mars. Yeah. And you missed it. Mm-hmm. And you, when you got back from summer camp, you noticed there were a ton of page views yeah. on your site. Mm-hmm. And you wrote that you felt ashamed of your disconnection. Oh, wow. And I look at that and I that wonder. That guy's dead, by the way. I don't, <laughs> sure, that guy's that that long, he's long I don't remember yeah. his memories <laughs> <But> anymore. <laughs> I looked at that and I wondered if if that is part of why you have even that perspective that, you know, Vlogbrothers is not the car crash. Yeah. It is the long sustained connection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also, the first thing I ever did on the internet, I mean, that the Mars website was the first thing I ever did on the internet. The first thing that ever got like attention broadly. <laughs> Is after I graduated from college, I was unemployed for a little while, uh, and I stole like "We Buy Houses" signs that are always up and yeah, mm-hmm, sure. And I spray painted them with the URL of my new website, which was ihateifor.com, which is about the road that goes through Orlando mm. and how much it sucks. And uh, and I was like, I'm gonna make a uh, and I'm gonna use this as like a hub for like transportation reform. But like the way in is through. How old were you? How by <laughs> twenty two? Okay, maybe um, fighting the good fight for transportation yeah. reform. <laughs> yeah, um, and it was wild because like the local news saw the signs and was like, we got to do a story on something today. We'll go to his house in Winter Park, uh, and they did. And I was on the news, and I was like, and also transportation reform. What if people? staggered their work days so we didn't have to be stuck in traffic what if people carpooled more what if people live closer to where they work (laughs) 
And then I tried to be like, I'm going to create a community of people who are going to do this. And it didn't work at all. Like mm. they wanted, they were there for the shock of, I also hate a road. Yes. They, and what they hated was other drivers. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> it's not you. It's the people around you yeah. who are just like you also <laughs> trying to get to work. And I did, I, when I moved to Montana, I shut it down because at that point I didn't hate I4 anymore because we just have, we don't have, you just have, we don't have I-90 is not part didn't, of town. Didn't you do your first brand deal through that website? I did. Fuck you. You're like <laughs> that guy who does the Narwhal? rap. Yeah. Narwhal? Yeah. 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 I don't think I'm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. Again, I it was an incredibly long research doc, but I yeah. don't remember what I sold. It was a $200 transportation ad. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was like, the, I, I do think like the first dollars you make on the internet are yeah. very important. How, how motivated are you by money and have you been throughout your life? I'm very motivated by money. Um, I have always been. I, I, to some extent, I think that I had like a chip on my shoulder because my, I was among a few people who I knew who didn't have student loans. Um, and I felt like I didn't deserve that mm-hmm. among my friend group. And I was like, why do all these people have this? Like I have this much easier than all these people. And like, it's going to be much easier. So like, 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 I just felt like I had to prove that I, which is wild. Like, none of this actually <laughs> proves anything. But I wanted to prove that I could make the amount of money that I had. My grandfather was a business person. So the amount of money that I inherited, which I did do, <laughs> but didn't doesn't actually prove anything. There was part of it that was that. Um, there's part of it that it's just like, I like objective metrics. Like I wanted to get an A and once I couldn't get A's anymore, making money was like getting an A. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very like, it's transferable. People get it. Like, I, like, you know, it's a status thing. Um, but like, I, I was very happy and I'm still motivated by money, but I'm not motivated by having it. I'm just motivated by making it. And to some extent it is. It's not certainly not perfect, but it is a surrogate for the value you create. Um, it's and it is just a surrogate. Like you also have to be good at converting the value into money, which is a separate step. Yeah. Uh, when you have employees and you want to pay them better, or you want to have profit distribution at the end of the year, that's important. Um, and I, for a long time, when I was CEO at Complexly, I felt like my job was to figure out the, how to make money, and their job was to figure out how to create value. And I would like to think that we have shifted that some where everybody sort of gets that we like we all, you know, there's a bunch of people on the team whose job is both of those things or just one of those things or the other. Uh, But like everybody's working together to do both of those things, to create value and to convert the value to money somehow Uh, so we can pay for all the things. Yeah, I, I find it interesting. I did just want to close the loop on your thesis because you were like, why does that connect to what I brought up? Sure. Uh, it, it's primarily because I think that the 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 nature of humans is that we have valued the ability to communicate and also like the ability to communicate typically led to like a leader of a tribe and status within, mm-hmm. you know, this tribal community that is yeah. natural, a natural state of being to mm-hmm. us. And that has materialized on YouTube, right? Yeah. Like you are a tribe leader uh, with with what you've built. And that is a highly valued thing in in human nature for sure we we just had a conversation with um dr peter atia mm-hmm. and he's a yeah, he's super, super knowledgeable bad. yeah but additionally he's an incredible communicator mm-hmm. he's ve- when he speaks it, it he speaks with confidence uh he's super articulate he's funny 
Yeah. And in my head, when we were talking to him, I thought if you were a worse communicator, we wouldn't believe you. Yeah. Right. And that's a really fascinating. And inversely, you're so good that if you did want to lie, we would. I'm not saying he does, but if you did want to, I would believe. Sometimes I watch stuff from people and I'm like, man, this information is so good. And you're the wrong person. You you can't deliver deliver it. it. Yeah. And that's something that I think of with with your videos that your style of articulation is very fun to listen to. Mm. And I believe it Mm -hmm. because the way you speak, the way it's cut, the way it's the pacing of it. There's also an intimacy to I'm I'm between family right now. Right. Like yeah. I'm in the well, midst of a, of a yeah. with Vlogbrothers. Yeah. Like, like I'm in the midst of a family yeah. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, the most powerful thing that, that which is like, incredibly to, powerful. To start the every episode, yeah. Good Morning John. Yeah. yeah. Um, where you're like, wait, like, am yeah. I supposed to be watching this? Am I supposed yeah. to be yeah. here? Yeah. And, so and they've let me in. Clearly, they've let me into this relationship. Yeah. I think it's actually one of the best frameworks for a channel on YouTube. Yeah. No, that, totally. That has not been replicated. Yeah. You know? Uh, and that framework again, builds like this incredible depth of, of trust. And like, mm-hmm. I, I just think a lot about what you said earlier in the conversation that that then unlocks the whole world, right? Because of that deep connection to a, a few hundred thousand people, mm-hmm. you know, that, that connection to those people is what unlocks yeah. the rest of it. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think that it's easy to forget how many people 300,000 people is. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have this conversation with a lot of creators where I, I call it relative zero. I, I ask creators, Often, yeah. what is your new relative zero? Yeah. Where you would say that nobody watches, <laughs> right? Because I, I, I had this conversation like, oh, with- like, Yeah, nobody watched that yeah, one. It was people, only 120,000 views. Yeah, I asked, some people, it's a million. I yeah, asked this like, question to Mr. Beast. Yeah. I said, well, what's like nobody watched your video? Yeah. Sub 200 million. Well, <laughs> we're all we're all where we are. We all are where we are. I yep. don't know what that means, but uh, <laughs> but but it, it's incredible. My wife and I say everybody's themselves. <laughs> yeah, we, sure. Yeah. But to have this relative zero, like for you, there's a relative zero to Vlogbrothers, right? Yeah. Which would be? Oh yeah, no. I mean, if I we know, were if we were ninety thousand like, people, yeah, like eighty thousand, yeah. I'd be like, what the hell happened? Eighty thousand mm-hmm. is nobody watched yeah. that one. Yeah. Eighty thousand human beings mm-hmm. listened to you. Yeah. And nobody watched it, right? And so that, that yeah, again, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily think nobody watched, but I would be very worried. <laughs> you, but but there would be something weird. You'd yeah. be like, something's off. Yeah, that, that, we don't that, mean nobody, but we say. We, but we say, say, man, nobody, nobody watched Yeah, watched nobody watched that. Yeah. And I think that's a really fascinating, yeah. um, again, nature versus culture thing. Yeah. The thing that you, you've done also, I think over the more recent years is become this authoritative voice in our industry. Right. That yeah, cre- cre- I like to try to do that. Creators some. look to it's you. Hard. You're a very public as well as private advocate. You know, like yeah. we've been in rooms with you and leaders from YouTube and other mm-hmm. platforms, and you will gladly stand up and share your opinion. You, you'll <laughs> say things that sometimes we think, but we won't say out loud. I am in a nice place of not needing to care that right. much. I mean, complexly, we like I do have to not make YouTube too angry <laughs> to some extent. Like we do get money from them for various projects, and we work really closely with them on our. We have a thing called Study Hall, which mm-hmm. is a crash course but actually you can get college credit through right. a partnership with Arizona State University and the uh gostudyhall.com and if you're interested in th- that college credit for cheap the um the <laughs> and and like the people at complexity will sometimes feel like Hank like we are trying to run a business here with our right. friends and partners and I'm like I only say things that are true like I like yeah. and and like I'm careful and I'm like I will 
if I see something that smells fishy, I go internal first. I ask people at YouTube. I'm like, is this, like, explain to me why I'm wrong or fix it. And like, I don't need to, I don't need to make a video that's going to get a bunch of views. Like, that's not, that's not important to me. And what's important to me is either that I'm, I've got this wrong and that you're actually doing the right thing here or that you didn't know about it or you thought you'd get away with it, but you're going to fix it. Like, that's. Way more important. Shorts revenue sharing gets announced. Uh Uh-huh. Colin and Samir are in the video announcing it. Yeah. You retweet the video Uh with a series of takes that just, I remember when I saw (laughs) that tweet, I was just, because it is like, it's like. I got some calls about that one. I'm sorry, guys. No, but it's like, again, you're an authoritative voice. I trust you. I look to you for what we should be thinking when it comes to how we structure platform Mm creator relationships. Uh, how we think about ourselves as creators and, and getting that. I remember that tweet so vividly because also yeah. we were on our way to Palm Springs to a creator summit that we were both going to be at. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, is Hank mad at us? Did we do something and wrong? The first conversation we were going to be moderating was about YouTube shorts, about the yeah. announcement. And you were in the front row. You were in the front <laughs> row. Yeah. I don't know if you have any, this is like a core memory, but I don't know if you have any recollection of what this was like. Yeah, but yeah, for yeah. us, it was like, Oh, wow. You know, and and it made us recognize that we could also and should also, you know, really think through yeah, this stuff. I mean, and, you guys and are a it. very, very valuable voice for YouTube and for any platform. Yeah. So that, that I think your your voice in, in revenue sharing has been really interesting because my perspective on revenue shares and YouTube is that they didn't have to do it. I disagree with you. And, and I'm curious to, to you know, and I, I'm like, when I look at it, that, that's been my You mean they didn't today. have to do it from the start? From the start. Mm. And, and the fact that they did it is pretty incredible and that they've sustained it is incredible. And I think maybe the reason I've had this perspective is because for the first 10 years of our YouTube career, mm-hmm. AdSense revenue was nominal. It wasn't even a line. It was found money for us. Huh. It wasn't even a consideration because we we made such niche content mm-hmm. that the way we made money was through different avenues. And I never considered AdSense revenue as a part of our mm-hmm. business. It was like, hey, we get to upload these videos for free and right. then I can, I can make a brand deal. YouTube doesn't get a cut of that, but mm-hmm. I'm playing the brand deal on their yeah. platform. Yeah. So- Actually, this is this is a great scenario for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, that's changed, uh, and I'm curious your perspective because you said you you, you don't have that perspective. On. Well, that, I mean, I don't think that that I think that they, I don't know if they had to, but they felt like they did. Yeah. So at the time, we were getting all the bigger in 2007. All the bigger YouTubers were getting emails from other platforms that were offering RevShare. Got it. And some people were taking those calls and it was interesting and what would it mean and what like you know there wasn't youtube was a baby like there wasn't any like it had like it had audience but the question was could we pull audience to a new platform that would share revenue with us and that's why they did it i like to think that it that it's good for them to have created to have that that money mean that they're creating a, like a really vibrant economic ecosystem that wouldn't exist without that extra money. And for sure, like most creators who are our size do not make most of their money from AdSense, but you make a lot of money from AdSense. Mm-hmm. Like it's real money. Yeah. Sometimes it's, I look at it and I'm like, this is crazy yeah. that this, we just upload videos and then we get this check because 
Additionally, it's like, we don't talk to the advertisers. No. We don't. Don't do go, any work. We don't go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, YouTube work. does all that work. They do yeah. all the work. And it's that's a, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And the impact of the library over time is unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Depending the, the, on the, the kind fact, of library, you guys have a great long form, yeah. long, like, the, the long fact tail that there watch. are some creators yeah. who are putting in work now that will actually pay them back if they choose to stop. Yeah. For a period of time is mm-hmm. pretty impactful. Yeah. Yeah. We've closed channels down and they just like make money. Right. Yeah. Like sit there making money. I mean, not a lot, not as much as when they were active, but you know, people watch those old videos. I do think what's interesting right now is that there are creators who are at a point where uh, they have grown to such a degree and have such an affinity with their audience that they now can go to a different platform where they have a their own platform. Like you yeah. look at the Dude Perfect app, yeah, mm-hmm. um, or even Nebula as a different option. Mm-hmm. Drop out. There are these OTT platforms coming up where actually they are succeeding and they are working. And those creators are taking uh, the lion's share of the revenue. Oh yeah, like that. That to me feels like a very new shift. I where, think that's where, the, like where that's it's, it's working. One one of the two or three biggest stories in the creator economy right now. And I, I like I I think it's very exciting. Um, the opportunity is well. Here's like here's the thing. So like it's it's I think it's all about like. The, the story of digital media is about fracturing. Like you fracture fame. Like there's never going to be, like will there ever be a Brad Pitt again? You know, like will we ever be as focused on a celebrity? Like, or will it be just sort of like bits and pieces all over the place? With the music industry, I think the music industry is a much better analog. Agreed. I, I very much agree with that. Um, and yeah. the music industry has all, like, always been a little like that, but is more like that than ever. Mm-hmm. Where like, I'll find somebody who has like 200 million streams a month on Spotify and be like, this person is not famous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just not in the popular And, that, and that's culture. happening in video, for yeah. sure. There's a lot of yeah. pride in music consumption of having your own right. private space where you mm-hmm. like a band that no one else likes. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of pride in yeah. the creator economy too, of liking mm-hmm. a creator that no one else likes. Anyway, yes. And so like you, like, you can see that like, why wouldn't that extend to platforms where there's a platform that's for, like, Dropout is a great example of, like, mm-hmm. it's for a certain kind of person. You know, there are, like, the there are like this kind of nerd. We made a platform for this kind of nerd. Yeah. And Nebula is a platform for a different kind of nerd, <laughs> you know? Like, they yeah. are. They're, like, I'm sure that there are, there's overlap, but, like, they're, they're for different kinds of nerds, you know? We're all nerds. Yeah. Like you spend this much time on you the internet. You guys are not nerds. Well, no, we put on a good front. It's Samir's sweater. Yeah, but we were we were hard <laughs> for this. They bought me this <laughs> so that I would have something to wear. I, I think that the but like I, I like I started on the internet with a blogger account. You know, okay, like, I, I, like I'm like I'm in. Yeah, or, I'm nerd. still a little I, bit I, of an I've internet. I've seen your nerd forearms though. Which reads nerd? Or? <laughs> no, it, re- it reads athlete. <laughs> oh my gosh, let's end See, the podcast I, right I, now. I, I, that's, that's the I, nicest, I, kindest thing anyone's ever said to me I, ever. Uh, yeah. my, wow. my wife is very into forearms, and it's made <laughs> oh, me- Oh no, like, she has pictures of Colin's other- <laughs> forearms. <laughs> He's like, Hank, when you go on the show, yeah, try not to bring up yeah, his forearms. Please, please don't tell him about I know we talk about them often, yeah. just try not to. <laughs> yeah. It's made me more uh, more aware of forearms. <laughs> I actually think that's, that yeah. is what connected Colin and I, is that we were- Forearms. We, we both have pretty nice forearms, but there's some underlying. Right, roll up but, your there's, yeah. but there's some underlying nerd to you as well. It is what connected us. I think though, is that we were nerds pretending to be athletes. Oh, okay, you know, and I think we we discovered yeah. together. We were like, oh, it's safe yeah. here. We're actually yeah. nerds. Actual yeah. athletes would yeah. not have started the lacrosse network, right? Right. On YouTube. <laughs> totally. Like, yeah. No way. 
Where were we? What I were we just know. talking about? No. Oh, ner- oh, oh, different like OTT yeah. apps for <laughs> yeah. nerds. Yes. But I think that also uh, plays into the world of connected TVs and the fact that most people are watching stuff again mm-hmm. on television. It's like yeah. there was a time where we were all, you know, like, oh, this is for the mobile device. Even do you remember when Verizon launched their uh, platform Go90? Yeah. Do you remember that? Where it was like, <laughs> it's a phone, but you go 90. Um, <laughs> I, I, you didn't know why it was called that. Yeah. yeah. Today that's years a, old. Yeah. 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 That's why it was called that. Uh, but everyone was making stuff for the phone. Yeah. And now it's interesting that we, we saw last year, 30% of our viewership is coming from connected TV. And the average yeah. view duration of that is 40 minutes. That means yeah. people are sitting on television yeah. watching 40 minutes of the Colin and Samir show. Mm-hmm. That then opens up the door to scrolling over to the Dude Perfect app Mm -hmm. and having the Dude Perfect app be a safer place for kids to navigate than YouTube, Mm -hmm. right? And then Dropout being more of an environment where I can find the stuff I like. Um, It puts into question the, the, you know, this is such a dumb media concept, but bundling and unbundling of like, do these things start to come together? You know, Dude Perfect just announced that Zach King's now on the app. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that is a form of, of bundling. For now, sure. Hey, where's all the yeah. kid-friendly content mm-hmm. that's COPA compliant? Yeah. Which for those of you who don't know, means like ability to advertise towards yeah. uh, kids. Yeah. Put that all together. That's that's actually potentially a, a threat to YouTube and YouTube premium and the concept that YouTube is actually an OTT app yeah. as well. I love that YouTube is being threatened in a couple directions right now. I, I like I love YouTube. I think YouTube's like I love mm-hmm. a lot of people there. Like I think it's an, like it's it's amazing. It's an amazing thing and yeah. they have a like a huge suite of amazing features and they care about creators and like but I I do like to see some chinks in the Google armor. It felt a little bit like we were going to live in Google's world or Alphabet's world uh and now it's like maybe we're going to have mm. a bunch of different things going mm-hmm. on. Um so yeah, I I do think that it's a it's a kind of threat and I think it's very hard to respond to. I don't think that YouTube could help people. YouTube's have a, had, a, had a very hard time for a few reasons um creating products that are uh more specific. So like sure. like you I I've I've heard rumblings for a long time that YouTube would like to have a product where you can subscribe, like pay money to get access to certain channels but not like everything. And you pay less than you'd pay for YouTube premium. Right. And you'd get those channels ad free. And I think there's just like weird reasons. And like, they have a lot of stakeholders and a lot of relationships. There's like reasons why that's very hard. Yeah. And, uh, and so it, it, it makes it like creates an opportunity there. I think bundled memberships would be interesting if we could say, Hey, we're going to start a membership. Hank, do, do you yeah. want to do it with us? And yeah. hey, you know, other creator economy channel, mm-hmm. do you want to do it with us too? And now we have a a, a bundled membership where each of us uploads and yeah. people get access. And maybe the the split is based on watch time. I don't know, something I mean, like that. Do you want to know like YouTube's biggest problem huh. is music. So in order to create a subscription product, they have to, like it's very hard to do that without including music because of course mm-hmm. a lot of videos include music. Sure. And so would you just, would you have those have ads as a surprise or would you just not have those videos be available? And so they have this relationship with the music industry and there's an amount that they have to pay to them to have, to have, right? Mm-hmm. you know, to be able to play the content that has music in it. And, uh, and, so, so like the, the the YouTube premium product has to include 
basically all like a Spotify subscription price point yeah. mm. plus like everything above that is what's actually being paid for the YouTube content. And so it has to be too expensive to make, I think, well, it makes more sense now that there's so many ads, but uh, to, to, to make sense. And then to, to have a sort of like alternate bundle, like you, like you'd have to carve out the labels and then that might create a problem for that product, like technologically, it's like trying to figure out how to solve that problem. Um, I also, I wonder how valuable YouTube even wants YouTube premium or some potential bundling type of subscription to be in order to protect the advertising business and keep that moving. Yeah, no, I think they're going to have to start raising the price of premium because the advertising business is so, is, is so good. Yeah. Mm, Interesting. And, and. But what is our take from premium as creators? Do we know? We get the same take, we get the but, same take. We, but it's after they pay the labels. The labels. So okay. the labels get, I don't know what it is, $8. Yeah. And then everything else gets split. I've I've been a premium subscriber for so long that sometimes I have to remember that I need to empathize with the people who aren't. Yeah. Right? And like, yeah, what is their yeah. experience? What go, is their like, I do go and watch on a non-premium account sometimes and it's like, it's jarring. sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of jarring because you forget yeah. what it's actually mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Um, I still think this is now a complete aside, but in the advertising business, I'm still surprised that more ads aren't made with creators for YouTube. Mm-hmm. So like we're watching TV ads on YouTube, which we aren't used to. Yeah. Most people who watch YouTube mm-hmm. aren't used to watching a television ad. But if you- Well, I mean, I bet people who watch YouTube are are now. Yeah, I guess they, so. If you see a lot of them, you get But it'd be it. more fun if it was you in your room doing a Hank Green video as an ad before a yeah. Colin and Samir video. That's mm-hmm. more fun. Yeah, for sure. I and, mean, when- when for our charity store, good store, um, those ads that are hosted by me and John do very well. Of course. But like better than anything else. Of course they do. And I think do. like the ad agencies who are uh, spending huge budgets to make a 15, 30, and 60 second ad that can run cross-platform. My mm-hmm. my thought is like, I don't know if the, the Hank and John ads will work on television. So it mm-hmm. goes the other way, like build it for social first and then play it on television. Mm-hmm. But maybe- yeah, and that would be pretty disruptive. That to would the be ad very agencies. weird. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it is. The ad agencies also have a lot of power, of course, uh, over this whole yeah. thing. Yeah, but it would it would be very disruptive to be like, yeah. hey, here, here's the brief. Just can you just make it? I mean, there's a there like that exists. You get videos as ads. Yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I. I, I you just mean like a more formalized system system to integrate creators in That's that right. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it made money, people would do it. Listen, we could we could buy a domain right now. <laughs> the three of us. <laughs> All right, we're launching yeah. a new company. <laughs> new company. At the table. That's right. Uh, <laughs> one one thing I'm curious about because we you know we talk about a lot of. Um, these policies, you know, YouTube, like how we all, we all communicate differently to YouTube, right? And sometimes we communicate in public forums. Mm. Sometimes we communicate with our partner managers and yeah. they do a lot of unscalable things, which I appreciate. Meaning YouTube does the most to engage yeah. with their creators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we get, we get to have a voice, <clears throat> but there's, there's over the past, you know, decade, there's been rumblings of like creator unions mm-hmm. or lobbies where we can bind together and have a singular voice yeah. towards platforms. And Colin and I have talked about this before, and I know you've been involved in some of these efforts, but to me, it feels like we are wildly different than other unions because of the nature of what we're doing. Like we are a media company, Mm -hmm. Complexly is a media company. We aren't actors. 
Yeah. We don't work with a studio. We are our own studios. Mm-hmm. You know, like we are laborers for Colin and Samir. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, we, what are we going to unionize against ourselves? Like yeah. it's the, uh, but, but there probably needs to be a unified voice to the platforms. Why has this not really worked? Well, it's so, I mean, the creators are so different from each other for one thing. So like, there's a lot of creators, like if, if you are, you know, in your first thousand subscribers, you're completely different than if you're in your first hundred thousand subscribers. And then if you're there, you're completely different if you're in your 10 million. Like, it's just like a totally different set of businesses. And so, and, and also there's like the majority of the, I don't know, actually, probably not, but like the majority of the views are probably going to channels that have over a hundred thousand subscribers, whereas the majority of the channels probably have less than a thousand. And so like the, like, who do you prioritize in this conversation? Like the, people who are getting the most views and who are, you know, generating the most revenue, or do you prioritize the people who are there are the most of them? Um, and though, like, it feels a little bit like when you're thinking about a union, you're thinking about like, okay, how do you create for, like create systems that work for everybody that allows people to have a chance? Um, and that, you know, I, I would think of advocating for things like a way to reach someone if there's a problem, you know, which mm. if you have fewer than a thousand subscribers, you just don't have. If you have fewer than 10,000 or 100,000, you may not have. Um, and whereas if it's like you and I, it's a totally different set of problems because that problem is already solved for us. And so we're looking at like, hey, um, you know, we like we want to do this new project or hey, like right. like big or or, you know, we don't like the the ad how you're going to share revenue on shorts. We think you should do that differently. Um, or we don't like that you're doing shorts at all. <laughs> like, what, like, what's the fucking strategy, yeah. you guys? Um, what? <laughs> Which I'd love to talk to you guys about Let's that. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that they're, they're like, that's a problem. And also what you identified, which is that most unions are employees of companies. Some unions, like the Screen Actors Guild, are contractors uh, and, and like the Writers Guild. Like they don't work. They don't, they're not like employees. There's contractors with these things. I don't, I don't like... It's weird. Yeah. Like the way that the way that, you know, Hollywood works is different from any industry. Um, and then we aren't either of those things. We are not contractors. We do not work for YouTube. We are not contractors for YouTube. We're not like Uber drivers. We are uh, we run a company. Yeah. Like we run companies and we license our content to YouTube. We are content licensors. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we don't work for them. We work for us and they provide a tool with which we can uh, run our, like help run our business. But that does mean it, what it's more like is a government. Like YouTube mm-hmm. is the government mm-hmm. of the town that like that our business is on the street of. And it's like there's something wrong with the street. And you talk to the government about mm-hmm. it. Like Neil is the president of you of or the mayor of YouTube. And we pay taxes in some sort of we way. We pay taxes yeah. to YouTube and, yeah. and you and YouTube helps us and like the town provides services for and like the, yeah. that's that's like the close which is weird because of course we did not elect neil mohan uh <laughs> sure. but like is uh but but it like somebody did uh and, and at he least kind of he works didn't, for like, the shareholders in, he didn't like inherit it yeah so that's good mm-hmm. yeah um yeah he works for the shareholders yeah. and like we are a stakeholder among other stakeholders right like there's advertisers and there's the labels and there's creators and there's 
of course, the people who watch the videos and also society, ideally. Yeah. Earth should be one. What a fascinating ecosystem it is. It's wild. Mm-hmm. And I think all of these platforms, and I think that like some people have correctly identified this and been like, I'm going to buy one of those and then I will be the king of one of these accounts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that it is like being, it is sort of a modern day um, nation state mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Like I live on the internet. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it's jarring a, to see you in real my, life. I yeah. live a lot of my life there. <laughs> yeah, this is not how I typically <laughs> see you or know you. Yeah. You're mostly made up of pixels, uh-huh. typically. Two dimension. Um, yeah. Should we talk well, about shorts? I was gonna say, yeah, which is why it's such a big deal when something like shorts is yeah. announced. Comes in Try try, try yeah. speaking to a non-YouTube native person about shorts. And, and with, with any level of passion, yeah. and they will not reciprocate it at all. It does not matter to them. They're like, oh, those the vertical ones on there too? Sure, yeah, yeah. fine, That's whatever. Fu- yeah, and it's such a big <laughs> deal. Like, to yeah. us, it's like everything changed. Yeah. We're like, yeah. no, but it could, it could risk what the platform is. Yeah. We're like, it's taken away from long form. Yeah. And they're like, I, I, I don't, I don't yeah, know. It seems that they're all like, it's just all vertical and it swipes. Yeah. And you're like, no. No, my God, everything's changing. <laughs> I think there was also this I weird- made $4 from it. It's bad. <laughs> There's this weird, like uh it felt very reactionary i think oh yeah right and i think that that felt strange um i didn't feel it felt obvious yeah yeah like that thing that's strange but just like to be honest i'm 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 actually relatively happy with where the platform has netted out which is that uh long form viewership is still from my understanding uh what's working what's being prioritized yeah and people are watching on connected tv which i think is good yeah uh, for creators and clearly good for viewers. People mm-hmm. are enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I was worried that that wouldn't happen mm-hmm. when Shorts was announced, that it would change the viewing behavior of the platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that it has, decided, like, especially on mobile. Like, that's what yeah. it changed. I um, guess actually it's just bifurcated mm-hmm. the behavior. Yeah, Mobile is now Shorts and people are moving it's to It's allowed both TV. things to happen at once, which I think was really smart. Yeah, Because you can watch on connected TV and then swipe on Shorts at the same time, which is a lot of how <laughs> now I'm double YouTube <laughs> timing, right? But yeah. it actually, yeah. if you watch someone watch YouTube, that's probably what's happening with oh, one yeah. of our videos. Yeah, forty minutes is on the it's on the yeah, TV. I'm wa- watching and I'm watching shorts, but you're watching I'm shorts sweeping while yeah. it's happening. Yeah, and like there's got to be something better than Colin and Samir. <laughs> yeah, <somewhere>. yeah. <laughs> it also means that the people so like TikTok has a problem of people build an audience on TikTok and then it's like, what do you do? Right. Like you try mm-hmm. to get them to YouTube or to a podcast or somewhere you can actually have a deeper mm-hmm. relationship and have like a direct connection instead of just like one day you never show up on their feed again, which is how TikTok works, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not capturing, if you're not, if you're not getting building a by brand. the algorithm yeah, for some reason. If you're, not, if you're not doing something um, on TikTok. Yeah, so the, um, so yeah, I mean, the, it seems like obviously they had to do it is what it seems like to me. Like they aren't going to let themselves get like blockbustered by TikTok could just be like, oh, I guess we'll just lose market share. You know, they had to fight for it. And uh, and then like, like, but they also had to launch a product that wasn't ready, <laughs> felt like to me. Um, and I remember when they were launching shorts, it was like, you have to put the hashtag shorts in the video so that it'll know it's a short. And I'm like, wow, you guys are hacking right now. <laughs> right. That that I've always empathized with, yeah. actually, with tech yeah. platforms. I actually always appreciate when something gets shipped and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. You Which are, the, you uh, are operating. Like, yeah, You're the, not too dissimilar to us. Yeah. <laughs> putting the hashtag shorts is fine, but like not knowing what the algorithm is going to do before you launch it is a little scary. Mm, like yeah. what, what it's going what to do rabbit to holes to, am I going to get driven down? Mm-hmm. Um, and I immediately did. Or I was like, Neil, buddy. 
I got into alt-right man spaces real fast from rocket ships. Mm. Like that shouldn't be a direct, like rocket ships should go to rocket ships, my man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but that was early. Yeah. And that, that's, that's been work. Rocket on. ships do have some correlation now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if, if you do the math, you're like, oh, yeah, it's pretty quick. To, I can see. Yeah. I can see it. <laughs> uh, on the, the note of like fractured fame and fractured, you know, uh, affinity even. Yeah. VidCon, which is your baby, yeah. you created VidCon. Yeah. Um, in the in the past few years, has been a very different experience. I think largely because of short form content. Yeah. Because you know we will walk around VidCon, and we'll meet someone and we'll be like, "Oh, great to meet you." And then we'll look yeah. them up, and they'll have eleven million <laughs> followers on TikTok, yeah. and it's like, yeah. "I didn't know that person." And they can just walk through the convention hall. Yeah. Because some people know who they are. Yeah. But some people have no idea. And yeah. so <clears throat> what we realized in, in probably two VidCons ago was like, everybody's famous now. The person watching us has more subscribers than us. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. And it, it's like, even on YouTube, it's very hard to know. Like yeah. I running around all the time, running across really great creators sure. I've never heard of who have more subscribers than me. You know, I'm like, wow. Um, yeah. Like, when did you start doing this and how are you so good at it? But mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a very different game uh, now. But the, I, I mean, I love, I love that, but it does make it hard to run a conference. Luckily, I don't have to do that anymore. Right. But mm-hmm. it's very hard to try and like, like when we started, it was like YouTube is a community and everybody knows each other. And now it's like, it's like trying to make a conference for music. And again, there was clear, there was clear tribe leaders. It's yeah. very like, different than 2017 when Logan Paul is running yeah. into the fountain and like hordes right. of people are following him and Casey is doing his own meetup yeah. and people are showing up there. Yeah. And it was clear as people were walking throughout the convention. Yeah. There's those tribe leaders. There was almost yeah. like a hierarchy. Right. That yeah. was like, okay, here's the here's the really popular creators uh, and they're the the cornerstones of this. Yeah. Right. And then it and then there's, you know, and that, like a Coachella poster. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have that really anymore. You can still, but less. Less. Yeah. And and also like they're so different from each other. Like you don't go to a you don't go to Coachella and expect to see Tim McGraw and Rihanna, right? But that sometimes happens. Okay, maybe it does. I don't know. No, no, I don't because know you've Coachella got Coachella like. and then Again, you've got stage It was stage recently yeah, that yeah. I have learned that it's pronounced Coachella. Right. Again, so. <laughs> forearms. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah that's, when you have the forearms, but, you yeah. know Coachella. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, but there, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I think that Coachella is nearby. <laughs> it is. Okay. So you would know more. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It, it's, but once you niche down at all, it's very, it gets very tricky. And, I think also to some extent it's easier to get newer creators to want to come to VidCon because it might be their first VidCon as a featured yeah. creator. They might have been as a fan before. And whereas, you know, some folks who have been those for a long time are like, I'd rather, I got a lot of work to do right now. Right. And I like, I don't have that weekend to spend doing that. Do you have any thoughts on, on where the creator economy is heading and how it collides with Hollywood? Like how Ooh. these, how these two interact with each other? Oh God. I want them to stay separate for as long as possible. Hollywood is some mess. I have a lot of friends who are writers um, for TV mostly. And it sucks. Like it's like they work so hard on things. Like everybody is always working on something that's probably not going to get made. 
And like YouTube is never like that. Like if you're working on it, you're going to upload it. Like even if it doesn't turn out that good, it's going up. Even if you're like biting your teeth and like, (laughs) oh, this isn't it. You're still going (laughs) to upload it. Yeah. We spent money on this. It's going out. Yeah. I'll do better next week. We spent $500 on that already. (laughs) We got to upload. And uh, so like, but I don't know. Like I think that the... I think that the the way that they're emerging is in these over-the-top platforms. So, like, you see what Nebula's doing with originals, um, and that feels a little bit more like Netflix. Um, and the... And, and, but at the same time, it still has that, like, how do we do this with a normal amount of money mm. rather than try and make something cost $300 million and be like, this is going to be the biggest thing yeah. that'll ever exist. How do we make the best 20 to 30 minute piece yeah. of video with what we have? Yeah. yeah. I think that's their biggest struggle is that they've, they've done things a certain way for a very long time where yeah. one camera is operated by four people. Yeah. And we, again, Jenna Marbles with the MacBook. Yeah. And that was compelling content. Yeah. So we, we value like how to connect with people more mm-hmm. than we value the other pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And that those are different value systems. Mm-hmm. Your production costs to make Vlogbrothers. Vlogbrothers makes money. Vlogbrothers mm-hmm. makes money. Yeah. Because, but, because it's but, very, it's, it's, but it's free to make. Yeah, I think we, <laughs> like you think about the, the revenue creation yeah. is one thing, but actually just that our production costs are so low. And the concept of being a creator is that your production costs essentially remain the same. Yeah. If not, they, they increase very little over time unless you're making Mr. Beast videos or something yeah. like that. But your revenue yeah. exponentially increases and your audience exponentially increases. Yeah. And so that, that, that margin- I mean, if it is, does. If it like, does. Yeah, if if it working. works, if yeah. it works, that's yeah. what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't, we, the, the production cost does not necessarily trail up with yeah. the revenue. And complexly shows started with money because yeah. of that YouTube original deal. Which so was they, tricky. They started at a standard. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think one of the best things that ever happened to us with Lacrosse Network is you tried to get that money. I tried. From I, I tried to get that you YouTube money. And it was right- after it was, mm-hmm. it was immediately after, and they were like, "Also, I think our idea was so niche, and yeah, we were not probably. trusted twenty-one yeah. year olds." But there yeah. were other sports like networks. Yeah, yeah, there was other on YouTube sports that were getting funding. But yeah, they, they were all like Hollywood production companies. They were all yeah, Hollywood definitely. production companies. Uh, and I came with a pitch showing that each of our videos would cost between four and five thousand dollars. Yeah, to make mm-hmm. because I went to film school, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is the budget. Yeah. Here's the below the line people, the above the line. Like, here's yeah. all this jargon mm-hmm. for you." Yeah. And they looked at me, I, it was in San Bruno, and they looked at me and they were like, the only way that this will work for you is if this costs zero dollars to make. <laughs> so figure out the zero dollar budget. Yeah. Yep. They were like, figure out how this costs you zero dollars. That's a great, that's but, great advice. But costs you time. <laughs> I it's think it's one of the best things yeah. that ever happened to that company. For yeah. sure. It's the only reason it succeeded is because yeah. we had a methodology that was like, oh, this if we spend any money. I'm just looking to see if you can see the lacrosse network play button behind you. There. Oh yeah. You oh, yeah. It's, it's there. Yeah. It's, it's right the there. old, it's the old one. It's the really yeah. old one. Yeah. yeah. But the only way that worked is because it was like, we sat together and we were like, so what do we make that costs us $0? Yeah. And we had that system all the way until the company was acquired, which yeah. makes it that much more amazing. Actually what complexly has done and been able that to transition sustain. was really hard to go. So SciShow and Crash Course both got $450,000 to start. Oh, each. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And, uh, and so we like hired to make those shows. And by the end of the first year, we had, we were making enough money. We would have been making enough money to pay for the company to exist if we weren't paying to repay the money, which we were. 
And so YouTube basically forgave our loan. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that we could keep doing it. At that point, most of those channels that they had funded, so they funded a huge, like a few YouTubers got the money, like Phil DeFranco Mm -hmm. and Rhett and Link and we and Fine Brothers, I think, all got some money. But 90 other like Hollywood production companies got money to make this stuff on YouTube and all 90 of them stopped, Just stopped. That, at the yeah. moment the money stopped flowing. Yep. And we were like, we can keep doing this if you forgive our loan. And they were like, well, I mean, everybody else just stopped <laughs> and like are never going to pay anything right. back. And you're like one of the most successful things that's come out of the program. So they did do it. And we were very grateful. What is, what is your most successful company? I don't know what you mean. I mean, crash cor- uh, pro- profitable, like, I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, Whoa, crash course cr- is profitable. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not complexly. Because, <laughs> yeah, crash course, I would say, is the most impactful. Impactful. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. And in the way that I measure success, I'd say that crash course is the most successful thing we've ever done. Yeah. Um, but it's never, I think that it loses money every year internally at the company. Sometimes, yeah. I think since the coin launched, maybe it it doesn't anymore. But um, it's, it's very, very narrow margins. Um, in terms of like profit, I mean, in terms of profit, of the things that I've done, uh, Good Store, which is our, like, charity. Like, it's like you can buy, mm-hmm. you can subscribe to get coffee. Yep. We're going to launch tea soon. We're going to, uh, we've got um, soaps and, like, some cleaning, personal cleaning products and socks, which are also kind of consumable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just subscribe to various things or just buy one-off products. And all of the profit from that goes to Partners in Health this year that, was this year good stores donation was over three million dollars wow okay got it where did the idea for good store come out of it came out of that need to raise 25 million dollars for partners in health and like part of what we were john and i said was like okay so we'll take dftba which is our like we help creators make products and we're like okay we'll give all the profit from dftba to Partners in Health, or all of our distribution. So mm-hmm. anything that would come to us, that's going to go straight to Partners in Health, and the uh, and and that's going to be a big part of it. But it wasn't like we were just having a hard time. It's a, it's a tricky like merch is a tricky business. Sometimes you have really big years. Sometimes you don't. Um, it's all it's a weird. Do you buy enough? Do you buy the right number of products? And how, what are shipping rates doing, etc. It's interesting you bring up DFTBA, mm-hmm. which creates products. For creators, we talked about VidCon, mm-hmm. which is creator conference. We didn't talk about Subbable, <laughs> which was a yeah. subscription platform you sold to to Patreon. Yeah, uh, so much of this is like extremely creator centric, like solving yeah. creator centric problems. Yeah, I was listening to John, and he said, "Like, yeah, we're successful. We're not that successful. We've never been at the center of YouTube culture." Oh yeah, well, no. Not a good place to be. <laughs> and <laughs> some people thinking, can handle that pressure, but not and me. And I, I, th- I think. He's referring to like being a Logan Paul or Eliza Koshy or yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, but when you look at actually what you've built, it is pretty core to the center of YouTube culture. Sure. That's great. Thank you. Like, h- how do you look at your place within YouTube culture <sighs> uh, and what you've done? Even the fact that like when Samir listened to How I Built This, he hadn't heard about Complexly, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I'd like people to know that Complexly exists and that it's like a great group of people who make a lot of amazing stuff, uh, work really hard. And, but like, to some extent, I don't like, maybe this is going away some, but I was happy. 
people like a lot of times I hear YouTube YouTubers kind of have a chip on their shoulder about being ignored. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't know what it's like to not be ignored. Totally. Mm. Like it, it is kind of nice to fly under the radar. I, I, I see because I was a reporter in a former life and I see what happens like I, I see how like those companies are treated by the press. Like they're not like constantly getting talked about as like, you know, bastions of uh, success and how wonderful they are. Like they get, yeah. you know, like being in the yeah. press means that people are going to be looking at you and scrutinizing you and deciding that they think that your strategies are bad or they think their strategies are good and you're getting analyzed by stock market analysts. And it's a, it's a whole thing. And like this is kind of nice. Yeah. Let's just like be here <laughs> and like build things and like deliver value and like get like feel good that we're delivering value rather than what we're being appreciated for delivering value. <clears throat> you you've had this like really cool gradual. I mean, you guys early vlog brothers. There's some videos that have ten like in the ten plus we had million views. You had some yeah. pops, mostly about giraffes. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, a, that was yeah. big on YouTube for a while. Yeah, people Dra- love draft love was big uh, uh-huh. at a moment. Don't try it now. I don't think it worked. But <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a problem. A or moment. maybe yeah. try it now. I don't, I don't maybe know. Try it now. I, I could bring it back. But but I do like I've always craved the that level of connection that that you and John have, where you're able to just deliver to a camera on a consistent basis. Like that's YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and I think that gradual nature over a decade plus, almost two decades now, mm-hmm. um, is is incredible and, and very aspirational. And I, I'm curious your perspective on how creators sustain, because we're, we're now at a point of retirement, right? Mm-hmm. Matt Pat retired, Tom Scott is kind of taking a step back. Yeah. A lot of creators have said like, look, I, I think, uh, I think I, I, I want to take a step back and it does require to do YouTube, right? It requires a lot of you. Yeah. It requires almost all of you. Um, yeah. th- there's a quote in the Yes Theory book where Matt, who stepped away from Yes Theory, said, for it to work, it requires your constant obsessive attention. And I think that's the thing that kind of drains you and is unsustainable for decades and decades. And we haven't seen it yet. Y- you're one of the few cases where we've seen like, oh, wait, you can do this for a long time? Yeah. What do you think the equation is to do it for that long? Well, I mean- I don't know, man. People, <laughs> people have a lot of ideas about like the right way to have yeah. like to find success. And I'm like, I am so sorry. My advice to you is to be me. Like, I don't have <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, but like I am not like I don't burn out very easily. I think I have like there's reasons why I don't burn out easily. Like I think that my fuels are pretty clean burning. Like I'm not being driven by uh, like my, I'm not. I And I think that this is why I could never come up on YouTube today, but I'm not. This is going to sound incorrect. I'm not that ambitious. I am absolutely a very hard worker, and I don't ever buy it when anybody who has a lot of success doing this job says, it was just luck. I'm like, it wasn't luck. You worked very hard. Like, you found a way. You found a thing, and you fucking hammered at it. Right. For and, like, I know yeah. I know you did, and I don't even have to look, but if I look, I will find that you did. Um, and uh, so I'm a very hard worker. But I'm not that ambitious. Like I'm much like, but I'm driven by like doing weird things and trying things that are different. And, um, and and like like it. And and this is a great place for that because usually what people do is they look at a new medium and they film the play. They're like, we're going to make movies now, and the movie is going to be we've got a camera, we're going to point it at the play, and the actors are going to act on the stage, and that will be a movie. But like that's not what it turned out. Movies were movies turned out to be a totally different thing, uh, and you could you could do a bunch of things that you could couldn't do with plays. 
And that took forever to figure out. That's the interesting place to be, is like the space where you're trying to figure out like, okay, we've got, we've got TV, we've got video, we've got music, we've got our existing, we got radio, we got all this stuff. What's it look like this, like now? What's it look like when tools are cheaper, when distribution is level, mm-hmm. when it's many to many? What, like, what does it look like now? And that, like, just like being in there is extreme. Like, it's so sparkly mm-hmm. in the brain. And that's what's driving me. But, yeah. That, that's a pretty pure place to be. And I think uh, part of that, I would imagine, comes from what YouTube was like when you started. Yeah. You are somewhat similar to maybe the first people to start skateboarding. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're just exploring. I'll take it. There, there, there's <laughs> like Tony Hawk. Like, yeah. There's no yeah. money. There's no like money. You're starting, there's no you, money. Like you don't know what you can do with <laughs> no this. No one thinks you're cool. Yeah. At the very beginning. Yeah. Like someone did a kickflip and they were like, that was impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's literally a trick called an impossible right. that everybody can do now. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you started in that place where all that mattered was that doing yeah. something different, experimenting. Yeah. Um, and that is what hooked you on it where I imagine there are people who are starting today with different contexts for the platform and are like, oh, this is a place for money. This is a place for fame. This is a place for business building. Well, you also you did all that. You can't do it unless you are really driven now. Like we weren't the, like we weren't focused on, like we loved to get views, of course, in the beginning. Like that's uh, obviously like exciting. But, uh, but we didn't have a lot of competition. Like people were like, oh, look, they edited <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Smosh like started doing lip syncs. Right. You know, and like is still out there because they iterated, you know, they were interested in what was possible with the format and uh, or, or with the tools that we had. Like, what can you create? And like, I've, I feel like online media creates genres as fast as that we used to create shows. You know, like there, mm-hmm. there is a new genre of content as often as there used to be like a new show on TV. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure it's not often, but when you're in a room with Rhett and Link and Smosh and some of these people who've been on YouTube since 2006, yeah. are you, what are the conversations that you're having? I, 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 imagine there, thought- I imagine there's these like yearly meetings where it's like <laughs> YouTube legends around a table. The elder statesmen. The elder statesmen. Yeah. Yeah. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, we mostly talk about what's going on now. You yeah. know, like we, we, it, it would be very fun to reminisce, but like there's so much happening right now. It's like, mm. how are you guys responding to this? It's like this conversation. Yeah. You know? mm. It's not what I had in mind. Do, but, sorry. But fine, Hank. Do you remember <laughs> the do you remember the first moment or was it more gradual? Was there a moment of like validation for you early on of like, oh, this is a thing? Yeah. I mean, there were a bunch. Um I I did music that first year. I'd like every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So it would be every two weeks because we traded off days. Um Every time I had a Wednesday, I'd, I would release a song, which is a wild thought. Because at that moment, I was like learning to play guitar. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and the second one I did, like, went kind of viral. Um, I mean, at that time, absolutely viral. Like, it got, you know, 10 times, 100 times more views than any of our videos ever had before. And in, in particular, it got, like, good views like it was about Harry Potter. And so it was like Harry Potter fans were all like sharing it around and watching it and talking about it. And, um, and so it was like being invited into a supportive fandom and also like having that fandom come over and be like part of our fandom, part of mm-hmm, our community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that I was like, Ooh, 
and also YouTube at this point had a manually curated front page that shared that everybody who used YouTube shared. Yeah. So you'd go to youtube.com and be the same page for everybody. I remember that, yeah. And it was featured there. And so it was just like <sighs> wild. Yeah. But I also had that feeling like with the Mars site when it got indexed by Yahoo, which was also manual back then. And it was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose traffic because I'm like one of the seven. Mm. Like when you search for Mars on Yahoo, this is one of the seven links that they show you. Right. Yeah, th- th- those moments of validation are so important for young creatives. Yeah. Because you just, you don't know if you're anything for a while. Yeah. And then something when happens. That's, this like, is what's so good about TikTok is that it is good at doing that. It's good at delivering mm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't have a system for going beyond that. It's almost like that's it, all they want to deliver. It gives it and then potentially takes it away. Yeah. It yeah. feels like it's been taken yeah. away. I did go to a comedy show with all TikTok creators. Oh, God. There's so many good comedians on TikTok. It wasn't good. Oh. Um, it was not good <laughs> because I think they had, they're getting signals very early that they have it, mm. but it's a different craft. Oh, yeah. Very different craft. Oh, yeah. But the room is packed. Oh. Right? Mm. So it's like, it, 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 I think some of this stuff is going to be kind of odd where these signals are giving you a different type of signal and maybe it's not actually what it is. And, you know, we're starting to see some uh, social creators start acting or music and it, it all happens way too fast because it's like the signals are, yeah. are off, you know? Right. Well, attention like, is not necessarily the only signal that should tell you the other stuff, right? That yeah. you are a good comedian. Or right. I mean, and that's, that's like, like it's <laughs> very different. Like being on a stage is very different. You have to figure out what, like if you're going to do stage stuff, yeah. you have to figure out what you're good at doing on a stage. And you don't know. You don't know first. until you, you do You have to spend it. some time. Years. And like the easy thing, and I suggest this, is like, is live podcasting. Because that's how, that's like the best way I right. feel like to mm-hmm. get comfortable on a stage where you start to feel how it's different when there's an audience in the yeah. room. But you're also doing something that's pretty chill. And, and you can- put it out on your podcast feed. Which and is also great. it becomes live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have plans to do a, a, a yeah. live pod tour. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. And on that note, I was curious if we could get your advice on what you think we should do. You too? <laughs> yeah. Because no. I think we, you know, we've yeah. had talks uh, in the past of like, th- th- you know, you guys come up a lot in our internal conversations. Cool. Well, Hank and John made VidCon. Should we make a creator conference? You know? Like, yeah. they're, they're, well, Hank and John make educational videos. Should should we start making educational videos? Uh, yeah. You know, like there's I, a lot, you guys come I, up a lot. Yeah, I think, so I mean, I think it's very smart to be in the uh, business of helping people get better. Like, so so you have like a, you have a, a huge opportunity, a very good thing here. Like this, this I, I feel like you can kind of make it, like it wouldn't, it would be easy, I think, for this business to be 10 times bigger than it is. I don't know if it'd be easy for it to be 100 times bigger. Um, I think that you have a couple of choices to make on that path. So, like, you are calling in Samir. Um, listen to Rick Steves' How I Built This is something that I do. Rick Steves mm. is, like, a travel guy. He made a travel show on PBS forever and is, like, weird. And one of the things that Rick Steves talks about is he's like, I kind of wish that we'd called it something else because it's called Rick Steves. Right. Yeah. Uh, and like everything's branded, like all those travel books are branded as Rick Steves and, 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 you know, seeing what theorist has done where like, it's possible for MatPat to step away. And that's like that John and I call this the Jerry Garcia problem where like at the end of his career, Jerry Garcia was kind of like done 
he didn't want to be like touring all the time, but he had all these people who were economically dependent on him. He had like all the roadies and the tour people. And like, it wasn't just the audience. It was like these people whose job would lose their jobs if he retired. And he like, you can't have the Grateful Dead without Jerry Garcia. And so he just like kept doing it, even though he didn't really want to. Um, and we don't want to have that problem. You know, you don't want to be in a situation where you don't want to do the job anymore, but you can't quit because you care about the people around you too much. So you have to build something um, or or you have to decide. And like the thing with Rick Steves that really interested me is like he made that choice and he delivered and it's actually great. And what he does is like as it's gotten bigger, he's just like, we're going to be this size. We're just going to make more money and everybody's going to love their job because they're going to make more here as long as we get along and that it, mm-hmm. you're working at the company, you're going to make way more than you'd make at any other production company. Uh, but you can't sell it. You know, you can't sell Rick right. Steves without Rick Steves. So, like, that's a little bit of a challenge. You can't scale a person. Like, you have the number of hours in your day that you have. And uh, so that's, a, that, like, that's, like, a, as advice, I'd be like, look at that. Because you have lots of opportunities. You just have to figure out what the... Like how much can you scale Colin and Samir as humans? I get, I get, um, challenge. It's really good advice. I get challenged with this thought often now. Um, I got the opportunity to ask Jeremy Zimmer, the founder of UTA, uh, uh, this question. I'm curious your, uh, perspective. It's kind of the Rick Steves thing. I, I've been thinking about like, do we just make a great show Mm -hmm. or do we build a great company? Yeah. And sometimes those things are at odds. Uh, with each other, because I've found that to yeah. to stay in the pocket of being a great creative, sometimes the the business building gets in the way of sure. being a great creative. Oh, yeah. The hiring, the team management, the mm-hmm. stress, yeah. the um, problems that arise from building a company mm-hmm. um, weigh on your mind in a way that doesn't allow free creative thought. Right. Oh yeah. And so those are at odds at times, and we've seen incredible outcomes for people who have built great shows. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's, there's, they're outliers in their top 1%, but like Alex Cooper with Call Her Daddy, mm-hmm. you know, she made a three-year deal with Spotify at $60 million. Mm-hmm. That would be an exit that someone would be excited about, but that's a three-year deal. And that's yeah. like, you build a great show, there could be a great outcome. But even she started a podcast network. <clears throat> <laughs> okay, touche. That's not, that's not her name. Uh, yeah. Touche. Yeah. I, yeah, I think... You're absolutely right. And it's wild to like, to like get cancer and be like, wow, I'm more productive creatively than I was before because I don't have as many Zoom calls to go to. Right. Um, You don't have to go to Zoom calls when you get cancer, by the way. So try that out sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that, that was a bit of an eye opener for me. And so we had transitioned. We actually had already hired or were in the process of hiring. This was very lucky. A CEO for DFTBA. Like we had like recruited and we had like, five candidates and you were the narrowing CEO? it down. I was the CEO then. Of that and Complexly. Yeah. And before that, I was the CEO of VidCon and Complexly mm. and DFTBA all at the same time. And for a little while, Subable That's was crazy. at the same time as all of those other things. That's crazy. So That's it's crazy. not a good idea. It's great. It's, but don't smile about it. Yeah. It was, it's a bad idea. Don't be the CEO of more than one company is a message I would send to even very wealthy people. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you sending the message just, to? Uh, yeah. I was, I was the gusto. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just applaud the gusto. <laughs> applaud <Yeah>. the gusto. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so we had been hiring for that and we found an <laughs> amazing person and she, she kicks ass and she's way better than I am. 
Um, and so that transition happened while I was getting diagnosed. Mm. So it was like very good timing. And then we transitioned to have John take over as CEO of Complexly for a while and then moved our, uh, with like some padding, moved our COO up into that position who she's doing that now. And that is, you know, it frees me up to do a lot of thinking, strategic thinking that I think is great for Complexly. It's like I understand online video pretty well and that's a real value for the company. And that's I should necessarily yeah. mm-hmm. be thinking about stuff that I'm not that good at, like yeah. contracts sure. with partners and, uh, you know, disputes. Legal disputes, yeah. Yeah, I'm very bad. It sucks a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. So I, we just had a launch like last week that was very sort of spur of the moment, like Hank Green idea. Everybody came together and supported it and it did really well. And like SciShow raised a bunch of money to make keep making the show. Uh, you know, I think that that wouldn't have happened if I didn't have that free time. And also I'm working on like stuff that maybe will turn into a book that will be published by the company or a series of videos that will be published or both. Like that's, I'm a very interested in this. Can, how do you take, I've, Scott Hanselman talks about this. He's like a tech blogger. He's been doing East work for, he works for Microsoft. <clears throat> like, how do you, like you have a finite number of words you can write. How do you make them do the most work possible? So you like have a blog post, but that goes in your newsletter. Mm-hmm. It gets cut up into tweets. It mm-hmm. gets turned into a video. And like, why not? It's going to reach different people. And I like I do this with SciShow now where I'll like finish shooting SciShow and then I'll go in the hallway <laughs> and I'll be like, did you know about this science thing? Mm-hmm. And then that'll upload later concurrent right. with the SciShow episode that I just recorded. And it's just me paraphrasing what I delivered to a camera from a teleprompter. That's a role I would be happy to hire for here. Like content syndication within our own yeah. organization. Yeah, you, I mean, you do that. Yeah, we do, do it, like but short, you like shortify this. And so much gets left on the table, honestly. We actually like, don't do sh- short form content of this anymore because oh. our audience is better at it than we are. And yeah. we were competing yeah. with our yeah. audience. And it was like embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it was for like, us here. <laughs> I was like, how are we not yeah. as, we're not as yeah. fast and we're not as good. Yeah. And we also weren't really monetizing shorts. Short sure. Well, you can't. You can't. It's it's got to be a funnel. It's this, a is, funnel. this is where I'm at. It's two. Here's my two tips for people who have companies that do shorts. Yeah. One, if it changes hands once, that's too much overhead. I love that. Yep. Two, it's a funnel. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Like you, you aren't going to turn this into a thing that's going to be a business. So with that in mind, right? Like that's where I made call that we were investing in, in cutting the stuff up into short form. But I was like, really, you see Hank in this set. My hope is that we build a brand big enough that you know that he's at the Colin and Samir set or that right. we're having an exchange. And you're yeah. like, who are those guys? What's this from? I'm going to ask, oh, it's mm-hmm. from Colin and Samir. I'll go listen to it. Yeah. But also a shorts viewer is typically not a long form viewer. Yeah. And so it's hard to move them over. It, it, it wasn't really that big of a funnel. Yeah. And we are, Colin and Samir shorts on TikTok and YouTube shorts are the biggest pieces of Colin and Samir content on the internet that we have not made. Mm. We don't yeah. make those pieces of content, yeah. but they are the biggest. Uh, they're the most viewed pieces of content of Colin and Samir. I don't, <laughs> that's know, why I don't know that that's a bad thing. I like, this is a huge, I cannot, John and I have a podcast. I cannot get the man to sit in front of a camera during our podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I'm set up in my office and I can just clamp my yeah. DSLR mm-hmm. on and I can tape sure. straight to my drive and send that to an editor. Yeah. And John's like, I am sitting in a chair in my basement and I'm not going to set up. <laughs> it does change the energy. Yeah. 
I think the, the energy is better without cameras. Yeah, but Most like, of the but time. like we can't turn it into anything. Yeah, true. People don't watch if it's just the waveform. See, actually, that's I, that's what I I really appreciate that who we actually are as YouTube creators is the modern programming executive. Yeah. Right, like we, that's who we are, though. Like and what, other you're, things. You're, what, yeah, yes, and other things. But you are deeply empathetic towards how to get this out to an audience. Yeah, and, and, and I what think they are I, going yeah, to. I, mean, I also to. want it more than John does. Sure. John's like, "What are you going to do with more audience, Hank?" And I'm like, "Number go up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but John, yeah, I'm actually I, curious about your relationship yeah. with John. Yeah, I mean, because you you both started this when you were in your 20s. I yeah, believe, I think he might have just close to 30. 30. Yeah, now you're in your 40s. Yeah, how has your relationship changed uh, throughout you know the past couple? decades oh i mean then like at the beginning we did not know each other very well right yeah. uh you know like he went to boarding school when i was uh like 12 13 so like that's when we stopped living together in the same house permanently uh, like he'd come back for summer and he's very cool guy he's very smart he's very like you know he's good good guy <laughs> and <laughs> no. like i like so like it, we'll it's clip, not just like we'll i love him like a brother it's also like he's a great friend <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. like very fun to talk to we like how we share a lot of values um so he like he's absolutely my best friend and the um so the, the like the, the 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 and like that wasn't the case then mm-hmm. you know it was sort of like I felt honored, honestly, to be asked by this guy who was like a published novelist and very talented and like having his career do his career things to be like, Hank, we should do a thing together. I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and at that point, what was I doing when I was 27? Oh, I, I, I was at that point a freelance web developer and like database designer. So like boring work and also scalable, like easy to scale up and down work. So it was very good transitional work for this. Yeah. And I was also blogging. But somehow it just like, I mean, I, I look back at times when YouTube was really not working for yeah. us, very yeah. much not working, yeah. or, you know, for two guys yeah. to make like, I think there was one year we made like 30 grand total together mm-hmm. as a company yeah. in LA. And somehow it just, you just- Well, it's yeah, worked now. It's worked now. <laughs> no, but I mean, but at like, that time, it, it was so irrational to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, in some of those well, moments. You could. But I think that's yeah. why it's worked now because we liked it enough when we weren't making right. money. And yeah, we, like similar right. to the whole skateboarding thing. Like yeah. we liked it enough to keep yeah, yeah, doing it fair. when there was no money and there was yeah. no opportunity. Yeah. Skateboarding is a great metaphor. Like there was that era of YouTube mm-hmm. when we mm-hmm. were all just like- Soul skaters. Like we were like <laughs> looking at each other yeah. and, like, and we were like, did you like the thing I did? Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. no yeah. audience validation <laughs> would matter enough. So it's like yeah. other creators, please tell me. Because that is, I mean, getting constructive feedback from creators is- like like appreciation from creators is the best. Like, yeah. That's yes. the best. Mm-hmm. Thank you, because you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. But I think all the time about how I couldn't have made, I couldn't have had that year where I made $17,000 if I hadn't had like this, like the safety net of my of family. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and Catherine was making money. And, right. Yeah. Was there ever a moment, uh, you know, as you and, and John start bringing on all of these different companies and stress starts to build that you think, maybe this uh, business, these businesses we have together is actually not good for our relationship together as brothers. No, no. Um, and I think that this is like, this is one of the reasons why like part, like um, obviously they don't always work, but like why family partnerships can work. Like, there's a lot of brothers in media. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. specifically brothers, which is interesting. I think there might be an element of one-upsmanship involved <laughs> trying to impress the other. Um, is a common dynamic among brothers. And so like the the fir- the most important, like the brotherhood is more important than the, the project. And so like we always know that. And as long as we can, as long as we don't stop believing that, mm. then when there is a disagreement, there's a solution. Because this and and on the table is we stop. You know, like the brotherhood is more important. Like like if we have a big enough disagreement, like we can just not do this. So, I like and I, like, you know, I think that Red and Link are like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that. I mean, I resonate yeah. a lot with that. I mean, yeah. I feel like yeah. we've felt that way through the years. That if if anything's not working. Um, you know, the, the lowest common denominator is that we are, uh, still friends, like very yeah. extremely close and feel like brothers. Yeah. And, yeah, and that yeah, is a wonderful that. byproduct and gift of this experience that yeah. can't, we don't have to let that be taken away. Yeah. It's yeah. way more familial than it is friendship. I would say when you do yeah. this together for 12 years, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's very different than friendship. That is yeah. a very different thing. Cause also you, you are the only people who know actually what ha- it has been like to be Hank and John. In yeah, this weird we've way. We've been through the whole thing. Been through the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think about that with my wife too, where yeah. it's like, you know, like we have been like we've been through You've so many thing things together. together. Yeah. That uh like we we are a unit in that way. Mm-hmm. There was a when I think about your path, I think like uh there is a like a perceivable path that you guys could have just been great creatives. You know, like you make cool videos, write cool books. You right. know what I mean? Like, just like, done that and just and not do, do done that. a bunch of businesses. Yeah, and yeah. made a ton of money doing that and it lived a maybe simpler life. For sure, simpler. Yeah. I think that, so I, like- This I, is the thing I'm pondering right now, yeah. right? It's like, how complex <laughs> well, do I want my life to get? Yeah, here. <laughs> and how simple can it be? Because yeah. now we've afforded ourselves this interesting moment in time where mm-hmm. now we have optionality. We didn't have yeah. optionality before. Yeah. Now we have optionality. So yeah. now that I have optionality, I like hearing when people sure. also had that optionality. What, what were your thoughts? I mean, one, I like, I want to try new things all the time and that's like a thing for Got me. Got it, okay. So like I want, I and at this point I probably, well- <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> I probably have started my last like business that's going to be a big business, but maybe not. I don't know. I hopefully I'll be alive for a long time still. So, but like, which I, business? I think I just com- like VidCon and complexity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I think that like I'm not going to do another big one. After. I see. Like if I do another thing, it will be I will be very intentional about having a very small team uh, of of people who I already know i think um and uh because i i i get dragged in by ideas like you talk about like a creator conference and i'm like man vidcon could do a better job of that and like wouldn't it be cool if i like went and went back into vidcon and i helped them you know spice that piece up and i'm like oh my god hank stop stop thinking (laughs) about like cool things you could do yeah of course like so it's it's great like it's a wonderful space to be in but like you gotta be intentional so you're right uh, and the thing that, so like there's, I want to try something and see what it's like. That's a piece of it. And I have this like problem where anytime I see anybody who I like respect doing something, I'm like, I want to see what it's like to do that. Um, and it was why I'm in Los Angeles doing stand-up comedy <laughs> about cancer. For sure. Um, but there's a f- somewhat and, finite amount of time. Oh, for sure. So this is the yeah. other thing. 
is like, to what extent do you feel an obligation to do something with what you have? So there, yes. there are a bunch of different like reasons to feel that obligation. So you can think, okay, I've signed up to tell people, like, I'm going to help you in your creative career, which is what you guys have done. Mm-hmm. To what extent do you feel an obligation to, to have that goal have a maximum impact? Because if you want to have the maximum impact, you have to grow a larger company. Yeah. Um, and so that's a struggle that we have at Crash Course where we're like, okay, like this is a huge obligation to try and help people to like provide a tool that helps people do some of the hardest things that they do and also make their lives better and their communities better by having the ability to, you know, get more education more quickly and, and to do better on their tests and et cetera. Um, so like that's a huge obligation. It feels like we need to be doing partnerships with universities, helping people get through college cheaper, helping, you know, like it's just like a huge value to everything, you know, to have there be more nurses and have there be more engineers. Like this is great. So it like it, that, that how much do you feel that weight? Um, and then there's the reality that like, if you want to be rich, like, and like, I don't think that it's, necessarily a thing that you should do like i think that being rich is just another thing to be but uh, but a lot of people want to be rich and if you want to like be rich you have to build a business that you can sell outside of um getting rich what you talked about first was like impact how much impact how much responsibility do we feel to make an impact and you brought up asu yeah and uh, the credits the study hall the fact that like uh, this blew my mind that that people are able to watch youtube videos essentially Mm -hmm take a course via YouTube videos and then get college credit at ASU that can then be transferred for, you know, credits Hundreds elsewhere. of universities, yeah. And it made us think about, okay, well, what's the, the, the maximum way we could actually make an impact with, with the knowledge that we're accruing from the people we speak to and what we mm-hmm. do on a daily basis? It probably is to create some sort of curriculum mm-hmm. and find a way to license it or make it available mm-hmm. uh, to people through the college system. Oh, Potentially, yeah. because that is I'll still what. for high school students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like what the what should be or what is next. Yeah, and like film school is a maybe a problem. Totally, I I went through it. Yeah, yeah. like I like I think that, oh because of the curriculum. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, teaching the teaching the skills that people need. Like it takes so long for new industries to penetrate academia. We, the University of Montana which is in the town I live in, uh, has a media arts program instead of a film school. Mm-hmm. And it's actually significantly easier to hire out of that program than a film school because people coming out of film school are like, they're like, well, this this is all wrong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, not yeah. doing things I, I wouldn't hire someone. And I'm like, yes, school. you're definitely, yeah. we're definitely doing things wrong mm-hmm. because it's cheaper and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you yeah. think that is a, a realistic opportunity for us? I don't knowing like, what you well, know with like, study hall. I think and ASU. that the big question is how do you integrate with academia? So like I I think that that's a smart idea, but it's uh you're se- you're creating a product that doesn't have a market yet. Mm-hmm. So there isn't like mm-hmm. what it what like how do you and I actually don't like I I would be the guy I'd ask this question to, but I don't <laughs> yeah. have the answer to it. Um like how do you get a course in a school? Like, how do you convince teachers to offer these courses? Yeah. Or the and university. How, and, to, and how do you yeah. get them tied into the, the you know, mm. the majors? It's not like being asked actual, for enough yeah. yet. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's totally being asked for. But I think that, like, they, they haven't created the, like, 
you know, a major ha- like has requirements. So how do you get this course into the requirements for a major that a lot of kids are choosing? Mm-hmm. Or how do you get a new major introduced? And like, that's all, you know, interior, slow moving bureaucratic yeah. academia yeah. stuff. The nice thing is that t- uh, education is, t- you know, you can select your education now on the internet, which I think is really great. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that because I was someone who didn't really learn in the traditional system. I, I didn't like it. I liked yeah. when I got to college and got to select my education more. So this is a huge question. So like one of the things that we are, I'm worried about with higher ed is like, if you keep raising the price faster than inflation every year, mm-hmm. every year it becomes less worth it. Yeah. Every year, some things become not worth it. Everything it becomes every year, it becomes not worth it for some people, uh, for more people. And then eventually it becomes not worth it for everyone. You know, like there comes a point where mm-hmm. it's, it does not deliver as much value as it costs. So they have to figure it out. And like, they're not. It's mm-hmm. just like, they, it just keeps happening. They keep, it keeps getting more expensive to teach people. And I don't understand why, because I, well, I mean, I understand why more than the average person. And it's not simple. There's not like a simple solution to it. It's not like there's like one part of the thing, just cut that out and mm-hmm. you fix it. It's a bunch of stuff and it's like weird economic incentives and they're all, com- the schools are competing with each other and the students have to make choices and it's like, oh, should I have, when I graduate, what are my student loans going to look like? That's not what you're thinking about. You're thinking about what the experience you're going to have for the next four mm, years. For sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, so I, I'm, I'm just very, wor- I'm very worried about it because like we, like we need to, like there needs to be a system to educate people and it should be good. Mm. And like the ones that we have are good. Universities are good. They're just, they're, like they deliver good value. They just are delivering good value at a higher and higher price constantly. Mm-hmm. I wonder if something though will just uh, sort of fill in the market. Like if there will be a resurgence in already, trade schools, like yeah, someone will come in, yeah, yeah. right? And like brand a trade school mm-hmm. and the experience of a trade school yeah. and the courses that are offered uh, mm-hmm. in a way that has never been done before. Even yeah. like Google offering yeah. certifications. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, oh, I trust Google and that's uh-huh. affordable. Yeah. yeah, the question is almost like summer camp. It's like three months, and you go, and then you learn a skill, and then I, you leave. I love the so actually. Fun. I love the idea of camps. ASU yeah. does this thing, Arizona State University, where like for for chemistry, mm-hmm. it's hard to take chemistry online because like you need to be in the lab sometimes. And so what they do is they have a chemistry course, you take it online, and then they have a three week like chemistry lab, three week long, and you do it every day with the same people. And I'm like, I feel like I would make friends, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like we'd have like, totally. we, we, like at the end of it, you're like, we did that together. Yeah. We did chemistry for three weeks straight, yeah, eight yeah, hours yeah. a day. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, a lot. Which a is easy to not to feel in a semester long yeah, economics yeah, yeah. class or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to pivot quickly because I wanted to ask yeah. you this question, but I think it's somewhat related. You have this quote about Twitter. Um, where you said, Twitter is such an interesting case because it's far more influential than it is successful. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, I don't know why it, it, it reminded me of the conversation we were, we were just yeah. having around education that it's like very, you know, it's a it, college is a very influential system and maybe it's not as successful yeah. as it should be. But um, I was curious if you thought right now there's a ton of chatter on Twitter or X. I'm still not used to calling it X um, about, you know, original programming about mm-hmm. video content being monetized. Do you think it has a shot to become a, a successful creator platform, uh, you know, it is a very influential place. People, uh, people of yeah. high influence spend a lot of time on there, but what could happen to make it a, a reasonable part of, you know, creator I know. monetization? I like, um, I think that it's, I think it's, I think there's a lot of product that needs to get built. And I think it's not just 
it's not just like video player product, you know, like that there's like, I think that there's a lot of advertising product that isn't there yet. Like we are, we vastly underestimate the amount of engineering that has gone into uh, systems YouTube uses to deliver advertising. Sure. Which are very good and are the reasons that we make money per view. Mm -hmm. Um, Twitter is, I think, publicly, famously already unprofitable. So sharing revenue just cuts into that problem. Um, I, I think that the, I don't know how limited the runway is, um, for, for Twitter. Like, I, like it's not infinite, right? Like if it, if it loses money every month forever, eventually you run out of money somehow, unless I guess you could have a billionaire continue to fund sure. it. Yeah. Um, it would need to be a different thing. Like mm-hmm. it, like, and like, that's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, YouTube has shorts on the app now, and it's sort of like a, a very forward-facing experience. It, like it was a very, which is very different from what the app used to look like. So that's very different. But like, it, it almost needs to be video first for I feel like it to work. And I, then that's not the expectation people have for Twitter. Like that's not what they're looking for. They're probably not looking for noise, like, like audio when mm-hmm. they're on Twitter. Like that's a big barrier to overcome. I'm on Twitter when like specifically i can't be watching tiktoks because tiktoks make noise (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so like that that's like it's a text medium and like it so but um i i also in order to answer that question i would love to see watch time metrics there's a lot of yeah a lot of videos on on tick on twitter that say like this is how many views it's like got 20 million views and i'm like i feel like that video has 20 million seconds of views 20 million starts yeah, yeah. there was a time where like i think facebook video was like if you started it it counted, that, that counted. and it auto started and it auto started yeah no i wrote an editorial yeah. about this great it was, it was a, <laughs> i'll read it yeah. a big fucking lie yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I recall. Was, yeah it was a mess um i think it's it's too easy to yeah. forget a tweet to properly compensate a creator for a tweet yeah, as, as harsh as that may sound, not, like, not a, like not a YouTube a video at 20 media. minutes long, you will it will make an impact if you liked it, got to the end, and you will remember that creator tomorrow. They you yeah. will probably go back for them, and there's enough time to serve an ad. Yeah, I think a tweet is like it's the smallest unit um, because it is mainly text based. Yeah. of information, which makes it a great platform because it's easy to upload. Yeah, and and like I think that the the, the strategy makes sense. So like if the strategy is okay. So the tweet is then the beginning of the funnel, and the and like ideally you can have the whole funnel on the platform. Right. But like it it need, I, I almost feel like it needs to take you to a separate experience mm-hmm. where it's like the tweet takes you to a newsletter, and the newsletter looks quite different from the rest of Twitter. Mm-hmm. With this thought for me of like, um, you know, we started the conversation kind of around mortality and like you you being faced with it uh, yeah. head on, and and now when you look at like you know when I think about Vlogbrothers and and all the, the the work that you put out regularly, you know, like I I don't really watch Crash Course or uh, SciShow, but I poked over to a, a SciShow video that you made recently, and I was like, that was a great video, Man. and it's. Not that different from like you're sitting in the Vlogbrothers set too. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a weird one. Yeah, okay. that's like yeah, a that was a weird case. one. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I was curious, just specifically with with Vlogbrothers, how many new viewers you get on that channel, and how many returning viewers, and if you know that, because I'm so curious about like how are new people just discovering you for the first time now, and then hopping on this train mm-hmm. you have, 
And uh, and how many are there like legacy people from the past decade who are yeah. just like this is what I do I watch <laughs> I watch these guys talk to each other so I'm gonna keep watching these guys talk to each other yeah I mean we have good da- good data on the on the, the the diehards so we do a census of the community every yeah. year where we and I suggest to any creator to do this because it uh, it it gives you information that you need yeah but like it also is good for them for you to have that information for sure. So it's not like it's not like you have to trick them. Like it's literally, um, hey, do this, and it will make it better for me and you, for me to understand you better. And that's the whole like that's the value prop. And then, like you also get information that you can use for various things. Do you like, do it like, like through a survey? Like how yeah, do you do we use SurveyMonkey. Okay, so just a simple survey. Yeah, which is yeah. like I don't know. Like their product is always morphing, but like yeah. we've been using it for so long. It's not, we're kind of stuck on it. Okay. Um, and you I, just I, announce I it through a series of uploads. And- yeah. We, I just like, I announce it on all the places and then I, you can use like coded links so you can sort out like the people who came from Twitter versus the people who came from TikTok versus the people who came from YouTube. Um, and yeah, people, so like the, I'd say 80 plus percent of our audience has been watching for, uh, more than two years. So like they are in it. And I'd say probably, you know, like up to like maybe 10% have been watching for more than 10 years. So like wow, it's, there's wow. a lot of people who've That's been, a lot been people. in it for a long time. Yeah. And obviously people come in and out. Uh, obviously, you know, we're not catching like that. That survey has a huge sample bias toward people who are willing to go click and go on a survey and fill it out. Um, so that's going to be more likely to get the people who've been around for a long time. And, uh, but, but yeah, it's people of people, people stick with it, but we are also new people who come in all the time. The reason I asked the question and how it connects to mortality is because I think about this premise of, uh, us being immortalized on this platform mm. in some way that like, when you are done uploading, new people could discover you yeah. and go on a journey with you for mm-hmm. years yeah, but will they like? I, I mean, don't know. I mean, I'm there's sure. not like like this doesn't it doesn't like uh, alleviate the problem of mortality where like no, eventually no, no. you are forgotten. It, you know, <laughs> yeah. No matter what, it's actually very. I think it's a peaceful thought to recognize that you're going to be forgotten. Like I, I actually think that's, that's a, nice. I think it's a peaceful. Thought. I think that's most. I, I think most people don't find that peaceful. But I, like I have yeah. found peace in that thought yeah. that like it will matter for a short period of time to a small group of yeah. people. And then it won't matter. What what freaks me out, <clears throat> what I thought about was like, people are going to re-upload my videos. Mm-hmm. And if like I'm dead, that won't stop. And you can't even monetize those. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even claim those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's going to do the work? <clears throat> who's going to do the content who's ID gonna, work? Who's yeah. going to make a video? Another <laughs> impersonator is using my TikToks. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the... Um, and that like, and people like the, the thought of, and I even like, I a little bit thought of this, like, you know, I didn't have to get too, too focused on this because I, I wasn't ever like, uh, in a situation where like I was going to probably be dead with, well, there was a moment, this is the wildest, oh, it's weird getting seriously ill. I, when I first went to my doctor and like, we knew that. I probably had cancer. So this is before I was diagnosed with anything. I I was like, I'm just going to be flat, like straight with you here. I would like to know if I'm like, 
I just want to know I'm going to be alive in like three months. Like, because otherwise, like I need to do a bunch of stuff. And she was like, well, at this point, we just can't say anything yet. Hmm. And I, so like that night I went home and I started like recording the bedtime stories that I tell to my son. Hmm. So like that, like in those moments, I was thinking like, should we have a strategy for like how to continue to monetize my work so that there's still income after I'm gone? Which is a weird thought. Like, how do you mm. keep, you know, like, the, like to some extent it's passive and like that probably yeah. would be enough. Um, but the, you know, the thought of like, you know, what do you like, should, like, is it weird to like re-upload a dead guy's videos? And I'm like, oh, no, I actually have no idea. Like, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's strange. It's not like they like they they still play, you know, episodes of TV shows with dead people in them. You know, yeah. strange to think about uh, this almost 20 year long conversation with your brother as an asset that will be transferred over to your future children. Oh, yeah. Right. Like that's that, an interesting. I, I, like, that has to be like you got to take too. that seriously as a creator, like like the. Uh, like your will becomes different when it's not just money assets and it's creative assets. So actually it is more important for creative people to have wills than the average person. So look into it. There's you, a business. You know, no, there's yeah, a business for us. Time before I look into it. <laughs> well, Hank, let's do it. Willsforcreatives.com. <laughs> uh, wow. First could, of all, we could hire lawyers. Oh, sounds like so much fun. <laughs> we could talk to lawyers all day, you and I. <laughs> like, you know, the, I think all of us in the community, when, when we heard you had cancer, was just this weird yeah. feeling, so, right? Of just yeah. like, oh my God, Hank, what? And when you made that video, it felt like it took the air out of that uh, like depressurized that yeah. balloon in a way that was just so Hank Green mm-hmm. and such a profound approach to that news. Right. Uh, and so YouTube. It was just <laughs> so <laughs> YouTube. Do to, a tier list. To do a tier list. It's like- <laughs> Of my cancer press. Yeah. Where do those ideas come from? Like, do, are you writing regularly? Are you like Jerry Seinfeld? Like, are you sitting and just writing ideas every day? Or are you? is it just like, Okay, what would be funny? Um, you know, like the idea, I don't sit down and think, uh, what am I going to make a video about? I am always thinking, what am I going to make a video about? I see. So like, like th- there's a subroutine running hmm. all of the time that's like, oh, I'm going to LA. I'm going to make a video about. Oh, I'm going to be in Collins. Yeah, what am I going to make a video about? I'm going to my hotels near Venice Beach. What am I going to make a video about? Oh, I'm going to be in Palm Springs. I could make a video about dates, which they make in like the mm-hmm. fruits. Mm-hmm. Understood. Uh, <laughs> Got it. I don't, I know nothing about dating. <laughs> Funny video. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, video about dating from a guy who's been <laughs> yeah. with the same woman for, yeah. for yeah. 20 years. In a city where they make dates. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, you, do you know what your yeah. video is about this Friday? It's actually already done. Yeah, it's, it's already about done. The Project for Awesome, which is our yearly charity. So like we're changing mm-hmm. some things up for the P4A okay. this year. And uh, so it's just sort of an update. And I recorded it before I left. Will you shoot one on. this week while you're in LA for the following? I'm pl- I was like planning. To, I have an idea, but I need to like get my shit together. And, and I don't know if I'm going to get a shows. chance. You're also doing mm-hmm. a bunch of shows. Yeah. Is the idea dependent on... Does it have to do with you being in LA? Is yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Oh, but th- I have yeah. to say thank you for for that because that was the intent of that video, and, mm. and in to some extent to to signal that like sick people are alive, which yeah. I think we forget sometimes. Mm, totally. Whereas just like we're like a lot of, when we're young, we 
if we're lucky, we get used to being well and, uh, and, and we are afraid of illness, I think somewhat understandably because it sucks and is like, you know, you don't have, it's like uncomfortable. So I like just wanted to like signal that it's normal to be sick. It's part of life. And, and like sick people are alive. Do you ever think about what you want to leave behind or like what the, do you think about the concept of legacy or like, this is the impact that I hope I'm leaving behind? Yeah, I did. I didn't. <laughs> uh, and then I did. Uh, and I still, like, I'm back to not really thinking about it much, which is great news. Um, hopefully I'll stay there for a while. Uh, but, but it was a comfort to be like, I've done like, look, I've lived a lot of lives already. So like, even if I die young, I will have died having done a lot of cool stuff. And um, so that that's a comfort. Like there were things that that didn't help with, but there were some some thoughts that that did help with, you know. Uh, but but like, I think much more important than than legacy is impact. Like it's not like it's not like how do I because look, like there is going to come a time when like the, like I don't know when, but someday there will be no humans left. Hopefully, it's a long, long time from now. Like I think it's going to be a long, long time. I think that we're at the beginning of humanity, most likely. Um, I but probably, uh, well, not probably, definitely, a heat death happens and like humans don't exist anymore, um, and and no one remembers you if everybody's dead. So like, there's a there, it happens eventually. So legacy is a is a false thought in terms of immortality. Um, and so if you say so like, what is it? Well, it's just impact. And like, you can have impact while you're alive and your impact continues when you're gone. Like everybody affects the world. Some, uh, no, like nobody does anything by themselves. Uh, so like we're all doing it together. Like we're all just like human, like humanity is a weird thing. Not entirely sure what it is. Seems like it might be like a giant ant colony. That's, uh, has some like simulation of consciousness, but that isn't actually there. And it's very very cool uh, to thing to be a part of. We don't understand. It's definitely the weirdest thing in the known universe. The uh, and so like getting to be a part of that and like like thinking what like you know in my worldview there's no objective uh, uh, value like we assign like all value is assigned by people, but like choosing things to assign value to um, you know and to me that's like less suffering, more thriving, more happiness, more, uh, more creation, um, uh, and, and like more discovery, like more knowledge. And so like, to, like, if you can be focused on the things that, that you have assigned value to, and like, I think that that is to some extent a choice and to some extent, it's obviously very culturally informed. Uh, but like getting to be a part of that, the things that I have assigned value to, and is, is like, that's, that's, that's so good. You know, to some extent is like, I like, we need to know about anatomy and physiology so you can get into nursing school. And to some extent it's like, isn't this funny? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And yeah. So, so that, uh, far more than legacy is, is what I think about. Amazing. Hank Green, thank you for coming on the show. You look great. Thanks. Yeah. I feel good. Outfit is <laughs> phenomenal today. Amazing. And thank you for complimenting my forearms. <laughs> you changed Colin's He's life still today. About the Honestly, you changed his life today. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> only forearms. Um, I can't wait to come see your show. Uh, I hope everyone gets the opportunity to see it as well. Uh, yeah. This was a conversation I'm so glad we got to have and record it. 
It's a lot of ground. A lot of ground. Covered a lot of ground. Yeah. There's still more to cover. Part two (laughs) coming soon on wellsforcreatives.com. All right. (laughs) See ya. (laughs)